Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Dancing on a Tuesday, it's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter, and we are joined for the first hour of the show in our Cardinals Power Hour with our guy Brad Thompson. What's up, BT? What is happening, fellas? How we doing today? Well, we're doing good. First and foremost, we're up three nil on the uh, on the Riz Show now in the Pick'em Challenge. So, no better time to we talk to you than uh, than right so now. Well, Anthony, I thought we played it so well the last couple of years where we made them feel like they had a chance and it was just like all right let's just do it there it'll be back and forth and it's easy to pick against the sports guys we reeled them in and now we're finally crushing them like we knew we could do all the time i really enjoy that yeah well said don't give too much of the game plan out bt but yeah you you kind of touched on some key parts there lull them lull them to sleep and then take the shot downfield and that's what we did our guy uh, jamie rivers is carrying us right now though he's, he's been, been phenomenal even a blind dog finds a bone, boys. I don't think, well, whatever you're doing, blind. Hey, if you want to blindfold yourself, Jamie, that's uh, that's your prerogative, man. Just yeah. keep doing what you're doing. It's exciting sometimes when you do that. Sure. Yeah. It's exciting to see that you got 34 points right now. You're leading darn near everybody. I see that the the overall leader has got 36. There's a couple people with 36. Wow. You're right there at 34. Wow. Well You're done. a maniac. But let's go. Yeah, Go ahead, Whatever Jamie does, Anthony, and you know this very well, don't ever bet real money on these games. No, no, stay never, away. It will never turn out. It will like never that. translate. It's yeah, very, good call. Very well said. <laughs> yes. Don't don't think it's easy. It's not. Just keep doing what you're doing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, BT, should Blake Snell be the sole focus for the Cardinals this offseason? That's no. what that's what people are asking. No. What? Hey, first of all, this you think this team is close enough to have a sole focus? No. You, one guy that's going to do it? Blake Snell's not going to do it. Um, <laughs> no, not that they shouldn't necessarily be interested and in, in on Blake Snell. Now, I don't know um, I, I don't know what the contract's going to look like for him. Honestly, it shouldn't matter dollars-wise. The Cardinals should be in on whoever. But, no, he, he can't be your sole focus. He can be a focus. you got to focus on Nola also. you got to focus on Sonny Gray, in my opinion. Those are the top three that you need to land at least one, if not two, of those guys. Um, but, yeah, I feel like they're, they're in a position right now, guys, where if you just put all your eggs in one basket and that, uh, that, that uh, egg decides it wants to be on a coast or in a different city or stays in San Diego, like if I were San Diego – that would be my priority is keeping that guy around and keeping him in the building. Now, they know him a lot better. Um, they know, you know, his agent. They know maybe what the ask has been. Maybe they don't want to pony up that kind of cash. But for me, like, that's more of a singular focus for the Padres. But the Cardinals have uh, far more holes pitching-wise than to have, you know, Sonny Gray be the guy. Because even if they landed him, which would be a great land, you still have another couple of spots in your rotation that need to be filled and 
you do not have the arms to fill them internally. I think that we've proven that. Yeah. Um, and you still need some help in the bullpen as well, and you know potentially maybe another veteran off the bench. Man, they got a lot of work to do. So the Cardinals in Milwaukee, and, and BT, we're getting the screen up for you right now. Are you are you in Milwaukee? I am. I am at the old Are Fister. You fi- oh, you're in the Fister. Okay. Wow. All yeah. right. What an honor. First yep. night, or was it last night? That was your first night. Uh, last, uh, well, been here two nights. We got in uh, really okay. late after the game uh, on the uh, West Coast in San Diego. Had an off day here yesterday. Uh, have not seen a ghost yet. Didn't spend a ton of time in my room yesterday. I picked up a new ha- uh, hobby called golf, boys. Wow. And it is... Uh, Boy, it's expensive, and you do a lot of walking around, especially when you play like I do, where you see the entire course. Uh, Yeah, try to get your steps in. Of course. Look, if you're going to pay good money to go play somewhere, let's see it, okay? I don't want to just be right down the middle of the fairway. That's a boring walk. (sighs) Come on. So, yeah. But no, nothing crazy happened at the Fister yet. It, it, like if if a uh, if a relative that has that has since passed visited you, what what's the play? Would you be freaked out or be like, yeah, you know what? I got some questions for you. I think you got to embrace it, right? Yeah. I, I don't think that you'd be afraid of a relative that comes back to visit you. I think you'd be afraid of a random, like a, a small child, yeah. right? Yeah. Like that would a child would terrify child, me more than anything. That's a good call. Is a child? scarier than like maybe a really old person yes hmm. yeah, yeah i think it, a yes. child just staring at you in the middle of the night because it, it like lo- it's trying to find maybe it's a sad story but trying to find his parents or something well, how do you know he doesn't have parents <sighs> i mean like what if the kid has not being responsible that's for sure well, uh, letting that kid fair just go point. visit other people's rooms fair point bt fair well, point what i'm saying is this child like kind of got got lost and eventually wound up in BT's room and now the child is asking well he got a little confused like this story he got a little confused in the afterlife that's what happened and then to- he, oh is it okay never mind. you know what I mean I think to- I, I thought that's, you meant... It's not how we lost the kid, Jamie. Okay. No. It's not how yeah. the kid was lost. Well, no. I thought that's what happened is the that, kid ended up in your room and nobody ever saw him again. Jamie, you my know? bad. You're, well, you're thinking of the... matters. You're thinking, totally of the, you're thinking of the original story. I'm talking about the, the new story. Yeah, my we're, bad. We're still talking about a ghost, a ghost child, stumbled in a BT's room, mm. got a little lost trying to visit, visit the old parents who were staying at the Fister, and then now they're staring at BT. Like, what's the play? Does this child have a bicycle with them? Yes. Ooh. Tricycle. It's red. Oh, it's, oh, it's a tricycle. Yeah. So well, maybe BT, yeah, I don't maybe, like it. maybe you open up the door, kid goes out the door, and last image you see is a kid going down the, the hallway on the bicycle. You know? I'm t- so the, at the Fister Hotel, right, there's a new side and there's an old side, and I'm sure we've talked about this, but uh, we say we stay – you know, us media folks, we're staying on the the newer side. Hmm. Um, I, I think the rooms are probably a little bit smaller than the other side, but there is like a, a throwback old side, and I've stayed over there before. And like the hallways are like crazy wide with like very ornate chandeliers, like the lights like flicker sometimes. Like it feels incredibly haunted on that side of the hotel, huh. or just eerie. And maybe it's because somebody planted that seed and said the hotel has ghosts. Sure. Maybe that's what it is. Because once that seed is planted, guys, that is hard to dig up. Like, you're just going to think about it. But the other side of the hotel feels very creepy. But it's an awesome hotel. Like, it's a really cool spot with lots of history and ghosts. And hopefully, uh, they don't 
venture into anybody's room because nobody needs that. This season's been hard enough, guys. I don't need to, you know, nobody needs to be dealing with ghosts as well. But if it is an old ghost like you guys were talking about, I'm not scared of that one. Like the old one, like you died. Like that's that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, and there's a, there's a reason. It's because you're so old. Right. But like with the kid one, it's like, ah, what happened? Ah, jeez. And now right. there's going to be a story and... Uh, it's going to be heartbreaking. Yeah. Oh, of course it is. So, BT, if I got this correct, um, the players stay in the haunted side and the media stay in the new side? Well, it's uh, not all of them. Because I think, like, the suites and, like, the really nice rooms are on the older side. So, uh, but so, that's where all the, the players are. stay on the new side. <laughs> Potentially. Like, hmm. I, I don't know if there's boundaries of where they can go and where they can't Do they go. they have shock callers on that I don't think so, because I don't know if those are going to be able to go through walls like that. You know what I mean? Like, I think that they'd get stuck. Why would the ghosts be wearing shock collars? So they know to stay in the old part. Yeah, or would the new part just not here. be accessible? Like the spirits know, like, eh. they're, go- they're ghosts. There's no, I don't think there's any rules they for them on walls. the. Yeah. I think there is rules. I think well, there might be rules on the other side. Some of these side, ghosts but... that are like bound to these hotels or these houses and stuff, why don't they just walk outside and go to the next house? They don't. There's boundaries. There's yeah, but some you're, reason that they stay in that area. But, but, Jamie, you're almost presenting this as, like, the Fister has rules. Like, hey, you stay on the old it side. sure does. No, oh, I, I I think that these... There better be rules. I think these ghosts, while I agree, there are some rules. There better be. When you're talking about old, old side, new side, I'm sure these ghosts can are, are free to travel, uh, you know, about the cabin, as long as they stay huh. in the Fister. I don't know. BT, next time you see a ghost, ask him for us. Okay, we got a question. 211, no, your time check is <laughs> brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Derek Gould tweeted out something in regards to the, the NL Central, and I want to ask Brad and Jamie this question, and I wonder if it's uh, as obvious an answer as what I think. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Brad Thompson joining us for the first hour of the show. I'm Anthony Stalter. So Derek, Derek Gould tweeted this out a couple of hours ago. He said, Brewers are a win away from clinching the NL Central. Cardinals are a loss away from finishing where they have never been before. That is all alone in last place in the NL Central. And they play tonight. They open up a new series in Milwaukee at 640 when Zach Thompson opposes Adrian Hauser. So, Basic question to you guys. Why are the Brewers on the verge of clinching the NL Central with some of the doubts that we had coming into the season? And why are the Cardinals finishing in last place? If you were to kind of throw a blanket on that, uh, you know, blanket answer out, BT, how would you answer that? They can pitch. I mean, that's the that's the only reason that they're in the position that they are. Because offensively, the Brewers are not a good ball club, yeah. and that's probably going to rear its ugly head, or at least potentially could rear its ugly head in October. But they're pitching. They got the third best ERA in all of baseball, and that's what carries them. So when you have great starting pitching, and then you can hand it off to a back end of the bullpen that has stuff. Like for as much as we're probably tired, I know I'm probably tired of talking about it. Maybe people are tired of hearing about it. But if you don't have swing and miss, if you don't have guys that can strike people out, 
you're not going to go far in baseball right now. The Cardinals simply don't have that. All they, they like their swing and miss guy is basically Helsley at the back end of the game. He's got some of it. Uh, Jojo Romero went healthy. I think that he's got some swing and miss. You're really lacking it in your rotation. And that's something that the Brewers have a lot of. Like, look at all these guys coming out of their bullpen. They've got a, a, a dude named Abner Uribe who's throwing 100 miles an hour. Like, they, they've got all kinds of just guys uh, that are missing a lot of bats. And that's the biggest thing. Now, do you have to be a more complete team, in my opinion, to go win the win uh, World Series? Yeah, I think so. But I, give me good pitching. Give me three starters that they can roll out there in Burns and Woodruff and Freddie Peralta. And I like my chances against anybody. Jamie and I were kind of talking about this with the defense yesterday, BT, the, the Cardinals' defense. When it comes to and, and Jamie, you had mentioned, yeah, you get more swing and miss. You're, you're gonna you're gonna improve your overall defense. You, you you at least hope. Do you do you think that Brad that when you look at the the potential free agents or trade options, are there enough swing and miss guys to add to this rotation? Because that that's where my my concern would be. I think you're going to add some quality guys. Yeah. I think there's no there's really no way, and I I probably shouldn't put this out in the atmosphere, but there's no way you can't improve yourself in some in in many regards with this rotation based on what you had this year. But I don't think you're you're going to add a whole bunch of swing and miss. No, Anthony, you bring up a really good point because, look, there are arms that are available. There are good fits for you, but we know this. Like, you're not going to land every one of those, and it's not just going to be because, like, you know, Cardinals are, are being uh, – they're pinching pennies. No, like, the players have to pick you too. Like, these good players are also going to have other options that are out there. So will this team be improved this offseason? Absolutely. They will definitely be improved. Will it fix everything – Probably not, Anthony. Like, you're still going to need other guys to be able to step up. I think that the most intriguing thing this offseason for the Cardinals is not necessarily what they do via free agency, which is going to be really important, and that's going to be your big-ticket item. I think what's going to be interesting is what they do in the trade market, mm -hmm. and that's where you end up getting some of these arms, right? So you look at your your glut of outfielders. I think we talked about this last week, but you look at uh, being able to ship off Luke Voigt and bring back Giovanni Gallegos. Well, that is ended up paying dividends for the Cardinals over the last couple of years. Uh, I think that you could easily get something out of your crop of outfielders. Could be some arms that fit the back end of the bullpen, and you might even have to get more creative and more risky and trade off a very big piece to go out and get one of those big arms in your rotation. Like, I think that that is going to be the most intriguing part. But I think, Anthony, you hit the nail on the head. Like, just going out and shopping doesn't mean it's all going to be fixed. Yeah. BT, are the Cardinals willing to trade off that big piece? Because, like, I think the number one thing that has been discussed regarding the Cardinals slash John Mosellock is that everybody's walking around on thin ice after, or they're, they're, they're tiptoeing around scared to have the Randy Rosarena thing happen again. Sure. And so let's just isolate someone like a Nolan Gorman because his name pops up as a player that could, you know, get you back a serious arm in the rotation, which I agree. It would. I mean, a left-handed guy with pop like that, uh, teams are probably looking at that player Absolutely. a lot. So, but are you afraid that all of a sudden he turns into a 40, 45 home run guy and, you know, it bites you in the ass again? 
For sure you are. I think that's human nature that you have to be concerned about that. And I think that's a concern in any deal, even if you don't have the prior track record of trading away a guy. And, you know, Randy Rosarena has put up decent numbers over the last couple of years, um, letting go of Adolis Garcia. You see what he's been able to do. Like there are there are definitely some trades that have not gone the way of the Cardinals. And that has to uh, that has to be there. But you also the old uh, adage, uh, Anthony, scared money don't make money. Yeah, you gotta go. You gotta be able to go out there and pick a, pick the right deals and acquire the right talent from another organization because it's okay to make a good baseball trade. It's okay for a guy, and we'll just use your example, right, of Gorman to get traded somewhere and go do what he's been doing, hit for power, play good defense, show off his arm over at second. Maybe they move him to third, whatever. Uh, and then you get a good piece in return that fills a big spot in your rotation that has swing and miss that helps solidify things like that is OK for that to have happen. But to answer your question, uh, Jamie, like, do they will they do that? Do they have the appetite to we're going to find out? Like, I, I don't know, but I, I guarantee you there will be plenty calls about Gorman. I bet you there are going to be a lot of phone calls about Nolan Arenado. I bet teams will be calling about him as well, checking on his availability. And I don't know if uh, they, they would have any appetite to move him. But you've, you've got to be open for everything right now, the way that this pitching staff has been built the last couple of years and the way that baseball is trending. Like You, you have got to listen and you have to acquire the right talent from whichever organization you end up picking from. Do you think any teams would be calling about Goldie? I think I think they would for sure. Um, I don't think that they would entertain it very much. I don't think Goldie would entertain it honestly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, for sure. There's still a ton of value there uh, with him. Just like there's a ton of value, obviously, in contract years with Nolan Arenado. I think you'd be crazy to not call about those guys, especially after the year that the Cardinals are having right now. Right. I think that if you are another team after the off season. Like, hey, you guys thinking about just blowing this whole thing up, which they're not going to blow the whole thing up. But, yeah, you end up you make those phone calls for sure. If I'm any organization, I would love to bring Goldie in. Yeah, and it doesn't make any sense just because you brought this up. To me, it doesn't make any sense to blow it up. You, you, you've got your offense in place. You know, you have a very specific need. And, and we've talked about this before with other teams and, and really in other sports. You're never one player away. And the Cardinals are certainly not one player away. But they are kind of one need away. They they know they have a very specific need. Your offense is set. You could even use a couple players to offset that offense a little bit to add the pitching, to add the thing that you need. But it makes no sense to rebuild. If you're the Denver Broncos should tear it down. Oh boy. You know, the Broncos should tear it down to the studs. Wolf. The Cardinals <laughs> don't need to tear it down to the studs. There there's it's not it's not like they can't locate the stink, you know? They're in a house. No, you're right. Like, we need to tear down some walls, okay? We don't need to completely restructure this thing because we can't fl- we can't find where the smell's coming from. No, you're, you're right, but playing devil's advocate, uh, Anthony, you can also, just going back to the concept of making a trade that benefits you still baseball-wise. So shipping off a big piece does not necessarily mean that you are blowing it up. It means you're kind of restructuring. You're remodeling that house of yours because you realize that trends have changed and you want to be up with the times, okay? You want that farmhouse kitchen, Anthony. I know you do. Oh, yeah, you're gonna sure. You're going to get it. You're going to get <laughs> what, it, now, it, it's cost. it costs a lot. No, I know I've asked. I've told you guys I'm looking for that farmhouse kitchen. What yeah. is it exactly, if you could explain it to the people? 
Well, you know it when you see it, right? Mm. Uh, you walk in and be like, ah, damn, this is a nice farmhouse kitchen. kitchen. You know, yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of white in, in there. You've got some barn doors. exposed wood. Yeah, I lo- love the sliding barn doors. Sure. They're always nice. Yeah. Uh-huh. Very well lit. Yeah. Uh, Anthony. Feels if, at uh, home. Smells like apple pie. Sure does. If yeah. you need any help with that, you can always go see my friends at E&B Granite down uh. there on Manchester Avenue. They sure. do a great job of remodeling bathrooms uh, and kitchens primarily. Thanks, Jamie. I uh, appreciate that all. Just tell him Jamie Rivers sent you. I'll keep that in mind. Yep. <laughs> Brad Thompson, Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. What do the Cardinals do next season at the catcher position? Uh, we'll get into that next. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber say St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber Showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I know that there's a lot of people that didn't think that I was able to bounce back from the rough start that I had, but I know that uh, something that brought me to the big leagues and my time in the big leagues is that I'm relentless and I'm never give up. And that's what I showed this all second half, just trying to make my adjustments, think one day at a time and, and try to help the team in any way I can. That was Wilson Contreras, Cardinals catcher. Nobody's questioning his offensive prowess, and he's right. He bounced back after a slower start offensively. The questions are, you know, defensively, can he hang behind the plate for the majority of a, of a season? He's going to continue to be the DH at times next year, uh, I would think. Or maybe we just ask Brad Thompson, BT, what do you what do you think? What do you think the timeshare is going to look like at the at the catcher position next year? I think, well, it's a couple things. One, what is it going to look like and what do they want it to look like are two different things. Sure. I think they want it to look like Contreras not catching. Like, I think that's what they would want it to look like. Uh, But he did sign a five-year, $85 million deal, and that's probably going to play. So they, they had talked about it during the season this year. We all know how that ended up. He took a week of DHing and was back behind the plate. That obviously was not the plan, uh, but that's what ended up happening. Uh, but I think that they're going to have those conversations with Wilson again after the season of, hey, would you be willing to play a corner and DH? And I would say potentially even bring in another catcher, bring in a free agent, and then have either Kisner or Herrera back him up potentially again spitballing but i think that that's kind of well how they would want it to look because look at you you eyeball test he's not great back there 
Um, metrics wise, they paint an even worse picture. And when you have a pitching staff that is struggling and you you are devoid of talent, as we've talked about a lot. So th- this is not to lay the the struggles of this pitching staff at the feet of Wilson Contreras. I think that we're all smart enough for that. Uh, but I also don't think that he's in a position right now where he's going to be able to help a pitching staff. You look at the framing metrics, you look at blocking, you just watch some of the pitch calling. Like some of these things are, are there's not up to par, right, at the big league level. And will he continue to work on it? Yes. Will he get better? Sure. But will it get to the point where he is like a plus catcher? I don't know. I don't know if he has that uh, in in the skill set. But it comes down to if they do have that conversation again. I don't. I don't have knowledge that they are going to. But they made it seem like they would revisit this in the off season. Uh, it comes down to his willingness to play somewhere else and let that bat play because the bat is a game changer. BT, how the hell did they end up in this situation? I mean, apart from the obvious million dollar answer. question. I mean, yeah, million dollar question. This guy was not a rookie or an unknown from like uh, another league or anything like that. An established catcher, the major league level, albeit you know it was pretty well known that he wasn't the greatest defensive catcher. But now you've got a guy you've committed a tremendous amount of money to, and you're asking him to. You signed him as a catcher, and you're asking him to play outfield and DH. I mean, right. that just seems crazy to me. No, I, I don't disagree at, at all. And I, I think that in talking to people that were around the Cubs, like they, they told you what he was as a catcher. So um, it's maybe it was one of those things like where you look from afar and the obvious answer is, look, they went bat first and they figured defensively they'd figure it out. Well, the bat plays still defensively. He's not figuring it out. So now you're in a, a little bit of a, a quandary. But, yeah, I think it it was, first of all, the availability, the fact that he was a free agent. And per our conversation just a couple of minute, minutes ago, they were unwilling to go where it needed to go to get Sean Murphy from the A's, whether that's right or wrong, right? Whatever they were asking for, they were not willing to do uh, part ways with whatever pieces they were to bring in Sean Murphy, who we all know is a, he's one of the best catchers in baseball. The guy would have been a great fit here, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, they, I, I'm not sure how they got to this point or how they thought it was going to be a lot better, but I am sure that they, they need to figure this out because this ends up being a real issue if you have these same problems again, until we have a automated strike zone in baseball, like framing is important. All of these little things, and he's got a great arm behind the plate. Uh, and you, I, I don't, uh, I'd never knock him for he's he's prepared. Like he, he does all the things that he's supposed to do. It's just eyeball test when you're watching other catchers around the game. He looks different. So. Is there a way to improve that? I mean, obviously, that's an open-ended question where coaching and doing all this stuff. Yeah. Is it so far off, though, that the Cardinals have to look to move in a different direction? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, in an offseason, can he can he, you know, kind of shrink that gap? Yeah, maybe. I don't I know. Mean, maybe. Like, it's old dog, new tricks, right? So Yeah, it, so I, I think Jamie, too, and maybe uh, I'm sure that there's, there's a hockey parallel to this or, or like, any skill – um, it, as a player, you have an idea, you think you're at a certain place, but maybe evaluators think you're at a different place, right? Yeah. That was so me at the might, end of my career. Yeah. I'm way better than this. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you're I'm way uh, faster they want, than they're saying, <laughs> yeah, forget that stopwatch. That's <laughs> um, the, you know, the Cardinals might want him at an eight, let's say defensively out of a, a scale of eight to 10 or a one to 10. And he, they might think he's at a two. 
and he might think he's at a six. Like so, where it's like, oh, just a small gap, just had a little bit better. I don't know. Like I, I don't, I don't know. Yes, he can get better for sure. You have to really like dig into it. You got to dig into the the pitch calling, the framing, the blocking. Uh, like all of those things are really important, and I'm sure it'll get better. But is it good enough, right, to to make that big jump? I don't know. But is it good enough to at least, um, what's the word I'm looking for? To at least justify the signing because right now. Like it's pretty tough. His bat for... justifies the signing, I think. You like, think? If 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 he is willing to play a corner for you in DH and then catch maybe sometimes, yeah. I still think that a five year, eighty seven million dollar deal, that's fine. Like he's a twenty plus home run guy. He'll drive in some runs. He'll bring some intensity. Like I think the signing itself would be justified if that happened. So, as a DH, you think the signing itself? I'm just trying to wrap my brain around the number the number of dollars that are committed to this guy. Yeah. And I agree with you. If he takes a corner outfield and he plays DH, then I think that it's fine. But when you brought him in as a catcher, and now the money, because everybody, including I think BT, you probably even said it as well. Maybe you didn't. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But we said that's an awful lot of money for a DH because his numbers aren't that of a DH that would get that kind of money. Sure. Uh, and Anthony, you use this one a lot, right? Sunken cost fallacy. It's like yep. if you sign him as a catcher, he's got a catch. Screw that. You yeah. sign him as a baseball player, play baseball. Fair enough. Like, yep. I, I think that's the way that you kind of have to look at it with him, but he's got to be on, on board too. And, <clears throat> excuse me, he might get better, right? They might Things might get better for him behind the plate, and he might just say no. Like, he has the ultimate control. Again, this is spitballing if sure. they do have this conversation with him. Uh, but he might say, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to catch. Well, then he's going to catch. That's kind of where you're at. Has he got that kind of power? Can he do that? He's making Yeah, but nowhere in his contract does it say he has to play catcher. Yeah, but he could say... He could he could make your life hell if he wanted to. Any player could do that. Yeah. I mean, then you just okay. Then you get you. Then you got a disgruntled millionaire, which you don't want. Yeah, and and you cross that bridge when you get there. But my my question, go back to that sunk cost fallacy, BT. I was going to ask you guys. I mean, is it such a bad thing that he's the full time DH? It would limit it would limit your ability to mix and match, get guys off their feet. But instead of getting those guys off their feet, they have a full day off or Contreras doesn't hit that day. Uh, if if the worst thing is you improve behind the plate defensively while keeping his bat in the lineup and not allowing, you know, Arnado or whoever to have the day off that day, I don't know if that's the worst thing in the world. You know, if that's, that's if a, that's a great option. If that's where that if if it goes that route and he winds up being for all intents and purposes, the full-time DH, I think you could do a lot worse. Is it is is it too expensive for a DH? Sure, but at this point, you're just trying you're trying to win games. Yeah, look, is seventeen point five million dollars for Adam Wainwright this year too much money? Yeah, is is Miles Michaelis uh, with the year that he's putting up, making the money he's making? Is that a lot? Yes, yes, yes it is. But that's the price of doing business. Is like Gorman it, it was, sometimes you're going to overpay? Was Gorman underpaid this year? Sure, yes. yeah, for value, right? A guy's making the minimum. I mean, you can you you have to look at it that way too. I mean, who who on your roster is making league minimum or is in the arbitration process or anybody hasn't even they're pre arb, and they're they're vastly out you know underpaid. I think we have a tendency to to look at who's the top guy who's not performing. Let's hammer them, and and it's it's natural, right? It's human it's human nature to say he's he's being paid more to produce more. Okay, fine, but if you're looking at the whole roster, you have to also include the guys that are 
underpaid, essentially, and outperforming their production. I think it all kind of comes out in a wash sometimes. Yeah, and Jamie, I would think too the the overpaid part of it. The only the only time that we get into the conversation of like you spent too much money on this piece is when you can't go buy that piece. Yeah, when like that's you, when we sure. get into it. Like, do yeah, you really true. care that Contreras is making whatever he's making no. when you also go out and sign Nola or Gray or whoever? Like, we don't care about that. We care when we can't spend anymore, right? That's where it really bites you. But yeah. I think that sometimes some Cardinals fans correlate the two. Meaning, well, they spent all that money on Contreras, so well, they're not in the market now for a number one because they they spent too much money already. Sure, the Dewitts won't and, do and that, and they're going to be right. right. They're going to be right until they're wrong, right? I mean, that's that's the human nature of it. We'll see. We'll see if they end up landing one of those big fish. But uh, uh, we and we've had the conversation. We'll continue to have it all off season long. There is a dire need, and there are pieces out there. So at the very least, the Cardinals need to be at the front running and put out the best deal for whichever guy and make him pick you or make him pick something else. Like sure. that, That's just kind of where they have to be. That's Brad Thompson. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. we got BT for one more segment. We'll throw a couple different topics uh, at him. Which players have shown promise in the second half? And we had a conversation yesterday about pitching and talent and defense, and maybe we'll open that back up for BT as well. That's all next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Speaking of which, high fly ball deep right. Into the corner goes Freyla. As far as he can go, Richie Palacios has hit a moonshot. Chip Carey, Valley Sports Midwest on the call. And uh, Chip's partner in crime, Brad Thompson, and our teammate here at 101 ESPN joining us for the last segment of the uh, Cardinals Power Hour here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. BT, Richie Palacios, would you bat him clean up next year? Oh, next year. Um, not ideally. I, I don't think that uh, that the four-hole might be exactly where you want him all Has the time. Has he not time. done enough? He's done a lot. Well, he's done a lot more than I think anybody expected. Very I'll true. say that. With, with Richie, Richie Palacio, seriously, I mean, this is a guy that was a, a waiver claim. You picked him up from the Guardians. You didn't know what to expect from him. And he has done a very good job of taking advantage of it. And when you're around him, and I mean this in a very, like, good way it's uh he's got like real confidence like he's he's like almost borderline cocky which is great like this is a guy that just believes that he belongs in the big leagues and he's playing like it he's swinging like it he's he's not up there tentative he's not tentative in the outfield so i think that richie has done a good job down the stretch of putting himself potentially on the radar to squeeze onto this roster next year is he a starting player for you Uh, not on a championship team i don't think but can he be a fourth outfielder, a guy that you can bounce around and then trust to take a good at bat? Absolutely. Besides Richie Palacios, which which players have really shown promise in the second half, BT? Which guys have really impressed you? Yeah, it's it, it's the young guys that we've talked about all season long. To me, the evolution of Jordan Walker, you look what he's done, specifically in the last month of September. He's hitting for average. He's hitting for power. Uh, defensively, a lot better, even though a couple of gaffes happened on the, that uh, final game against the Padres. Which, by the way, did you guys feel better when Tatis uh, 
botched a, a couple of plays out there. Did that make you feel better about Walker? Oh, uh, he, mm. he uh, yeah. yeah. Misery loves company, guys. It was a tough son. Sure. Tough son. <laughs> yeah. But no, he, he has, he's leaps and bounds better in the outfield than he was before. Um, so you like that. And then offensively, he's figuring out how to drive the baseball. He's figuring out how to not offer at certain pitches that were getting him out before. He's fouling off stuff to get to the one that he can drive. I love what we've seen out of Jordan Walker. BT, what can we uh, what can we expect from Mason Wynn offensively moving forward? Because defensively, this guy's I mean, he's a stud. He's tracking down ground balls in the, deep in the hole and firing hundred mile an hour across the diamond. Like he's exciting as hell to watch. I'm just wondering how long it might take for his bat to play a little more. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because Mason talked about this a, a couple of weeks ago, that every level that he has played at when he gets called up to a new level, that he struggles at it offensively, struggles at that level, and then ends up making adjustments. That was the case in the beginning of the year in AAA. He was not hitting, not hitting for average, not showing off any power. At the end of the year, he hit 288. He hit 18 home runs, 15 doubles. It all ended up coming there, you know, for him. So I think that offensively, you go into next year expecting him to hit near the bottom of the lineup. I think that you could see him progress and move closer and closer to the top. When you're watching him offensively now, um, I, I think it's evident there are some timing issues. He's getting beat with some certain pitches, but we've seen him consciously start going the other direction instead of selling out for power. I think that he was trying to justify being in the big leagues right as soon as he stepped up. He's like, well, this is why I'm here. Boom, big swings. And he was getting beat with everything. Now the, the game that they won, they won because he helped out with a two RBI single the other way. That's what he needs to be right now, bat to ball skills. But I think that he's going to get more comfortable. So an overall line for him, like what what is he going to be? I mean, you're good if he's like a 270 guy, hits you 12 to 15 home runs at the big league level. I think that that is a good floor for you right now for him, and I think he can be that guy. Uh, BT, when, we had this conversation yesterday, so we were talking about we, – we had played a clip of Mo talking in April about some of the issues that the Cardinals were facing, and uh, somebody on Twitter had the record of the Cardinals since – Mo made such comments and it was like 59 and whatever, so not good. And really, you could do that with any point in the season and it's going to be sure. a bad record. Um, but then we had the conversation about whether or not it was just pitching or is it a combination of pitching and talent and defense. And Jamie and I started talking about basically run prevention. To me, it's all it's all correlated. It the 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 relief you know the bullpen hasn't had as bad of a season as the starting staff, but when you factor in the blown saves, that ramps things up. When you factor in the defensive run saves or lack thereof of the Cardinals, that factors it. To me, it's it's not just a starting pitching issue. It is, it is a run prevention problem. So the question is, how much can you fix in one offseason if it's a run prevention problem? Yeah, well, the the run prevention problem. You're right, but to me, that just it's another word for pitching. Like you still need swing and miss. That's what you need. You need it in the rotation. You need it in the bullpen. Because again, you don't have it. Like it, you're you're out there in the bullpen. Like you guys probably watch the same way as you're watching a game. I try to like manage along with Ollie. Like, all right, what would he do here? You got the these guys coming up. Who do you want up? Like there are there are not with the, with all due respect there are not a ton of great options right now for him to go to because you need a strikeout in a spot uh, with a lefty who is that who's who's that guy that's right. going to strike somebody out 
King's on, on the ground quite a, ba- uh, quite a bit. Matthew Libertor, I think, could end up being that guy. Like, right now, the, your options are limited out there. So that is, that's the run prevention to me. Because with the new rules in the game of baseball, you can't put three infielders on one side. The Cardinals were so great at shifting last year that they stole runs left and right, and they were able to get away with it with the pitching staff that they had. Um, I don't care how rangy and great of a defender you have, you're still going to be giving stuff up if you can't shift. And Mason Wynn will help out big time at shortstop, but it's not going to be to the level that it would be if you don't have to go out and acquire big arms that miss bats. Whether you like that style of baseball or not, that's the game that you need to play to move on. Because as the postseason comes together, and maybe we'll you know do this exercise as the postseason field gets solidified, let's look at the swing and miss rates. Let's look at uh, the bullpen K per nine and see where the Cardinals stack up against playoff teams. That's the biggest difference. Yeah, you're right. You bring up a good point. Even if you had a great defense, you thought you had a really good defense coming into this year. It doesn't. It, it it's not going to be good enough to have four ground ball guys in your starting rotation or five for that matter and say ah we're going to be good when you also couple in the bullpen which is a bunch of guys that are just going to get ground balls for you too or at least theoretically so yeah you end up playing with fire all the time anthony that's the hard part like you're saying okay well we know it's going to be in play let's hope it's at somebody well oftentimes it's not there's a reason like i thought you brought it i thought you made a good a good point there when you said you may not like it. You may not like this style because the first thing that that came to my mind was there's a reason why so many teams are looking for it, though. They've done the work on this. They've done the homework. They want guys that can miss bats. Why? You limit the opportunity that the ball is in play, that one is going to sneak over your third baseman or one that's going to be you know, a ground ball down the line that winds up being a double despite despite the location being right. You need to miss bats. Teams are looking for it for a reason. They didn't just wake up and say, ah, sounds good. Ah. And then the, the league followed suit, too, because every league, for that matter, is copycat. Yeah, no, no question, right? So the, the, big, the big question that you guys have both brought up today is, will they be able to do it? Um, and uh, I hope so. Fingers crossed, and they're going to need to. You're going to have to have that, but it's going to have to be creative. You're going to have to go out there in free agency. You're going to have to spend some money, but you're going to have to acquire the right targets in other people's organizations when you make some trades because there will be trades that are, that are, are made. You got too many outfielders again. You got to figure out that. You got to be able to bring in some pieces that can help. And I think that that will be a lot of the trade market potentially is maybe adding to your bullpen. BT, we know that you got to get over to the ballpark, man. Great stuff as always. We, we appreciate you joining us for an hour. Hey, awesome catching up with you guys, and hopefully we got something fun to talk about uh, next time, you know, like a couple of wins in a row and then a Wayno weekend. Yeah, absolutely. No, we're looking forward to that. But you know what? We did get a couple of wins in a row, so make sure you get your picks in for the NFL Pick'em Challenge week four, and uh, we'll be good to go. So Sounds good. We're going nice for four work, straight. Boys. You too, BT. We'll see you, buddy. See you, buddy. See ya. That's our guy Brad Thompson. You can see him tonight, Bally Sports Midwest, as the Cardinals and Brewers open up a new series at American Family Field. Jamie was down at practice today, had an opportunity to, to overhear some of the things that Tori Krug had to say, and boy, be, uh, Jamie's got some good thoughts on that and some of the things that uh, Tori Krug, quite frankly, opened up about. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
we have a great locker room and, and you know I feel like I mean I don't know go around and take a pole in the room I, I hope I'm a big part of that room and uh, I enjoy being you know working and being a part of it we had a crappy year last year so when you don't win anything's up for grabs or anything goes so that's uh, like you said that's the business part of hockey and uh, if you want to be part of the solution you, you put your foot down and you try to try to do your job that was defenseman Tori Krug, who spoke today to the media. Jamie was in attendance, and uh, Jamie, you came away impressed with Tori Krug, or at least appreciative of the fact that he he opened up today. 3 o'clock uh, here in the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Jamie, as you as you told it, it was a situation where Tori Krug said, okay, you know, I, I don't want to talk about this too in-depth or keep going back to it over and over and over again, but... Yeah. You know, basically, what do you got today? Yeah, well, he kind of prefaced it of, like, I don't really want to get into all of this, but I understand. And, you know, it was kind of the the the, the unwritten part of it was, like, let's do it today. Mm-hmm. But, like, after this, like we move forward. Let me play hockey. Like, leave the team alone. Yeah. Leave Army alone. Leave me alone. We've discussed it. Type I thing. think that is highly respectable, and I think the media in this, this city will – appreciate him opening up and also, like you said, being professional enough to move forward now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think the media did a good job of asking very relevant questions. I think the same question... Well, one, look, at least it was confirmed. Now we don't have to say allegedly. Right. Because Army, you know, he never divulges anything, which I get it. He's he's in charge of a, a large number of people, and it's not his business to just go telling us everything that happens behind closed doors. Right. So I respect that. But I also respect Tory Krug just kind of clearing the air. Hey, yeah, it did happen. Um, he talked about how it impacted his family. Um, he talked about a, a lot of things that it was situation to where he, he's a human being. And it is difficult to feel like somebody, you know, even if the situation is different or they're looking at a different angle, someone doesn't want you. Mm-hmm. And I think that any walk of life, whether it's a personal relationship whether it's someone that's working any job out there, not necessarily professional athletics, when you find out that someone or your company or your significant significant other doesn't want you anymore, it stings. Yeah. No matter how hardcore you are, it stings. So, But I want to toss to some audio here because Tory Krug, again, obviously asked about the no trade and his feelings about you know not waiving his no trade clause. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I, I chose to stay here and... Uh, I think that, you know, I, I want to be part of this room and love playing in the city and, and wearing the blue note. So um, something I'm very excited about. And obviously you don't like hearing things like that. Uh, you know, I have kids, I have a family, uh, a lot of things to think about. But uh, at the end of the day, like I said, I, I want to be here and, and wear the note. And uh, we have a great locker room in here with a great feeling in the room this year. And uh, I think we can turn around quick. I'm here to play hockey. I signed up to, to be in St. Louis for seven years, and, and that's what I want to do. Uh, when you hear stuff like that, obviously there's there's more that goes into it than what's on the on the um, the ice rink on the surface. But um, like you said, you have kids, um, you know, your family, your living situation, picking up your your family to move, uh, things like that. So at the end of the day, I want to be here. So that's that's all I can really say about that. After hearing that, Anthony, yeah, I hope Blues fans, and I know they will, are going to get behind this guy. Because how often do we talk about quite honestly, at nauseum about the player that doesn't want to be here. Like, how many conversations slash segments, shows, days did we talk about Vladimir Tarasenko? Mm-hmm. 
doesn't want to be here. He's asked for a trade. You know, we can't trade him. We can't go this. He's got, he won't waive his no trade. We talk about that player all the time. Yeah. How often do we talk about the guy who really wants to be here? And whatever his reasoning, he say, he's saying the things that for me as a Blues fan or as a teammate of his, like I'm going to go to battle for him. Mm-hmm. He, wanted, he signed with St. Louis for seven years because he wanted to be a St. Louis Blue. He loves the fans, loves the city, and he proudly wears the blue note. What the hell else do you want? Right? Did he had an did Did he have an off year last year? Yes. Yeah. A was, lot of a lot of players did. Was he alone? No. No. Mm-mm. Yet he's been targeted or singled out amongst the group because he refused to waive his no trade clause. I think that's a stand up guy. And, and the vibe that I got um, from Tory Krug today was that. Like, he's here to change the narrative, mm-hmm. that this team is different. It's not the same team that it was last year. So when I look at players like that, it's bounce back, bounce back season for him. This is a guy that now has something to prove. He's had a really long, really successful career in the NHL. He's been to two Stanley Cup finals. Obviously, we know that the Blackhawks was one. They took it from him, and the Blues took it from him as well. But he's here now with the expectations of going back to the final. Of course, everybody wants to win, but the expectation of going back there, that the Blues will produce a group at some point that goes back to the Stanley Cup final. So I, I don't know about you guys, Marsha, you can jump in on this too, but like when you hear a player tell you how much he wanted to be a St. Louis Blue, like are you, and if you disagree with me, please just let me know, but aren't you more willing to forgive some of the bad play from the year before waiting to see him be successful this year well you had brought up the point about well i hope i hope people kind of rally around tory krug now blues fans to their credit rallied around vladimir tarasenko when it became public that he was looking to get out we all remember tarasenko being one of the stars of the game the one the one home game and the fans cheering him on and all that stuff so if you're gonna if you're gonna rally around him like you did show him support I would think, to your point, Jamie, that you do the same thing here. And he didn't say, we'll see what happens. I'm just taking this day by day. Well, I'm just taking it year by year. He said, I signed a seven-year contract to be in St. Louis. And I basically alluded to, I intend to fulfill that commitment. So good on him. Good on him for hitting it head on. Good on him for being honest. He opened up a little bit, showed the human side. Did not offer any excuses. Did not offer any like bitterness or anything like that. And it is time to move forward, and it is time to back Krug. That's how I feel. Yeah, I agree. I think Tory Krug, even though he was in Boston, you think of that East Coast player, he reminds me of someone that sort of fits the mold of St. Louis. He's a Midwest kid. He's from Detroit. Michigan State. Yeah. He was an undrafted player. So I just feel like he he's a guy that had to work his way up into the NHL to be where he's at. He deserved to have a no-trade clause. They mm-hmm. gave it to him. There's a reason why he has it, because of what he did with Boston. Um, so I, I do think a lot of people will, will rally around Tory Crew. But at the end of the day, I think Blues fans and you know the Cardinals fans, everybody that's a, a fan of a team here in St. Louis, bottom line is it comes down to production. So we'll see how long that lasts. If we see a similar season to last year, maybe that uh, those warm feelings aren't there as much as they are right now. So um, that's just my opinion on the on the matter. we got a couple of texts here on the Air Comfort Service text line, which please be a part of the show at any point. That number is 314-399-9646. 
couple of texts saying, well, this isn't the first time player wanted to be here. I mean, look at Perron and look at Petrangelo. Here's the difference. Neither of those guys were asked to waive a no-trade clause. They were allowed to walk via unrestricted free agency. So whether that was, and we weren't in the room or on the phone for the discussions, whether that was David Perron wanting more than what Army wanted to give it, whether it was Army not coming to the table with any offer, whatever it is, both people went their own way. Alex Petrangelo, same thing. We don't know all the details of that, but they just kind of went their own way. This is where you're specifically asked, hey, by the way, we want to trade you, but you have this thing called a no-trade clause. Uh, Will you sign off on us trading you, please? Mm -hmm. Because we're going to make a move for the best best of this team, and we don't Mm -hmm. think you're a part of it. Yep. That's way different than walking via free agency. Trust me. I know. I know. I never had a no trade clause to be asked, but I, I got asked flat out, what team would you like to go to? I was with the Ottawa Senators. And Marshall Johnson, I give him full credit for this because he gave me an, an opportunity. He didn't have to, yep. but he's like, yeah, well, we're healthy now. And uh, we see you as a seventh defenseman until there's an injury. So you're on the team, but uh, you know, you're not going to play a whole lot. But we have a couple offers on the table, a couple of teams on what happened to be the Boston Bruins. That's how I'd really like to be a Bruin. And guess what? Two days later, I was a Bruin. Mm-hmm. But that hurt. That was hard for me yeah. to, to be like, what do you mean? I put my friggin' left you-know-what out there for you guys, and you mm. don't want me anymore? And to your point, Marshy, Tory Krug, what's the one thing that we really remember from the 2019 Stanley Cup Final? Him blowing up Robert Thomas. David Perron getting after it with Tory Krug, mm-hmm. knocking his helmet off. Tory Krug getting pissed off at all five foot eight of them, skating down the ice, lining up Robert Thomas and putting him out of the series. I think it was a charge, but you know. it was totally a charge. <laughs> <laughs> but that's besides the point, right? But so that's in him. He's, yeah. he's not big in physical stature, and he talked about that today. That you know, I, I understand there's a, it's a league full of big players, but like I'm not afraid. Yeah, I'm not afraid to mix it up. He also talked about executing better this year. He talked about, at times last year, forcing plays, trying to do too much, trying to fix the season every shift out there. And guys that are leaders, guys that are competitors, that's what they do. They put the team on their back and they figure, it's my fault, I can fix this. In a team sport, you can't. Not even Connor McDavid can get to a Stanley Cup final right now, and he's the greatest player in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, Tory Krug um, getting a new lease on life here with the Blues, having a chance to redeem himself, and I think he's got a chance to be a really big part of it. Watching that power play today and the way they're setting it up and what they're trying to execute out there, Tory Krug's going to be awesome in that role. Yeah, I think he has a really big bounce back year. I think that this was really important and therapeutic for him today to get all this off his chest. And I think it was great for him to be as honest as he was be as he was with all of us so that we know. He said a few times, I'm a human being. Like I'm not a robot, I'm a human being. And so yeah, this mm-hmm. did affect me. This was difficult. But at the end of the day, guys, he wants to wear the blue note. Mm-hmm. I want guys that want to be in that jersey, that will scratch and claw every single day because of that jersey. Bobby Plager would have been proud of what Tory Krug said today. Yeah. Because a lot of guys could have just shrugged it off. Be like, well, we'll see how this goes. You know, it's a work in progress. Maybe still bitter about it all. 
He didn't portray that. If he's feeling it, he didn't portray it. And all he did for me is tell me that he wants to be here, and I want to give him an opportunity. That's Jamie Rivers. That's Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stolzer. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Some thoughts from last night's Monday night football games, including whether or not I sold the Bengals too short. I I put the toe tag on them too early. Did you ever? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. NFL games last night, Eagles throttled the Buccaneers, and outside of the outside of the Buccaneers playing well defensively the first two weeks and being 2-0, and I guess, you know, you got to give it to Shaky Bakey, who, again, looked good. Why do but you he, hate him? Okay, Jamie, he because looked good. He you, looked you just, good. You hate on him all the time. I don't hate on him. I Marshy, feel like I'm honest about wrong? Baker Andrew? Mayfield's play. Am you I think wrong? I'm hating on him. I'm not listening to you right now. Andrew, am I wrong? You don't love him, but you don't dislike him more than you dislike Aaron Rodgers. What you have that's said... That's not fair. You can't you can't compare those two. That's that, not that, fair. That's taking that's one right. extreme and trying to compare it to that. That's right. That's, that's like right. comparing quarterbacks to Deshaun Watson's contract, to which we agreed we won't use that as a reference point. Go ahead, Andrew. I will say... Anthony has said that Shaky Bakey does better when no one's watching. And Thank you. Last night, everybody was watching. How would he do? He did terrible. He was fine. First of all, <laughs> first loss of the year. We're not going to panic down in the Bay Area. Yeah. If you really want to know what a team thinks about his court about their quarterback, just look at the game plan. Last night, it was it was clear that they were trying to get the ball into Rashad White's hands and let him work. The Eagles' run defense is outstanding. And that was still the game plan. You got Mike Evans. You got Chris Godwin. You've got Kate Otten. You've got guys that can catch the ball. Your game plan against the Eagles' outstanding run defense, and don't talk to me about the the rain in the the second half. That was terrible. Did you see that ball? First half was fine. Those balls were slippery all over the place. First half was fine, Jamie. Conditions were fine. Jalen Hurts didn't have an issue throwing the ball. He wears gloves. When you looked at the first half game plan, game plan was get the ball to Rashad Rashad White against that defense. And once it got predictably shut down, what did the Bucs do? They tried to keep running it. Baker Baker Mayfield had 19 pass attempts last night. They took the ball out of his hands. Because they were scared. Case closed. Case closed. The NFC South got... Absolutely exposed this weekend. Falcons go up to the Detroit. They score six points. Can't can't run the ball at all. If you can't run, uh, let me rephrase. If you stop the run, you're going to beat the Falcons. Saints lose Derek Carr. Couldn't protect a 17-0 lead. They lose. And last night, Shaky Baking and company got exposed. The whole NFC South, nice weekend for you. Yeah, look, are the Eagles a better team? Yeah. Yes. But, like, Jalen Hurts also had two interceptions, Anthony. We acted like he's Joe Montana out there. 
Like, what the hell's your problem? The Eagles haven't played their best game yet, and they're 3-0. It's a good team. Yeah, it's a it's a really talented team that are not playing well. Mm-hmm. I look at it the other way. I think Tampa Bay is a mid-team that pl- has played pretty well, except for last night. The offense had an off night, you know? More interesting game. You ever tried to hold those balls when they're wet like that? No, never. Interesting game last night. I'm sure I'll take your word for it there, Jamie. Interesting game. The second one last night was Rams and Bengals. And I've been saying that the Bengals, something not right. Joe Burrow doesn't look great. He's clearly hurt. He's still hurt. He's hurt. He was in shotgun last night, virtually all game. He, he didn't even drop back. Do you see his drop back? Yeah. It was like one step. Ball was out of his hands quickly. He's not healthy. Why would you put him out there? I mean, because you're, you're desperate. You gotta win games. <laughs> you're winless. You're winless. <laughs> Never mind. Let me go back to the beginning of that and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go to 0 3. Good for them. Good for them because that, that did not look good in the first half. The Rams were moving the ball pretty, pretty good on you. And then Trey Hendrickson completely took over. I made the dumb comment yesterday like, ah, oh, defenses have kind of, I think they got the blueprint on Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase went off last night. Good for the Bengals. That was a gritty win. The Rams, I think they're they they're who we thought they were, to borrow the uh, Dennis Denny Green line. They're one and two. Yeah, they're, they're not exact, a good team. They're actually better than what I thought they were. They're com- they're going to be competitive. They're going to be they're kind of a be pain. Annoying. They're going to be annoying. Yes. Yeah. Aaron Donald's going to ruin your quarterback. He's but still pretty effective. That guy. If you can if you can force mistakes, yeah, yes. If you can force mistakes out of Matthew Stafford, you're going to be fine. What did you think of the Bengals whiteout uniforms? I liked them. Pretty nice. I like that. I like the white helmet more. I like the orange for them. So the Bengals for me, that's always been one of my favorite uniforms from when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty cool, like the Bengals, Bengals the tiger right. thing and the yeah. stripes. Like, thought, man, it's pretty cool. When I heard about the whiteout, and I'd seen it, I was like, eh. And then I watched it. I was like, you know what? Ooh, I think I thought it looked good. I kind of like this. Yeah, I think it looks sharp. Yeah, I feel like the Bengals helmets are like you either love them or hate them. I don't so I don't see how you would hate. Them. I love them for so many yeah. boring helmets that are out there with just a logo on the side. Mm-hmm. I appreciate a team that takes the time to, like, overdo it a little bit. Sure, like, go with the theme of the, like everything. Like the Rams, as much as mm-hmm. I hate the Rams because they're in LA now. Growing up watching Eric Dickerson play mm-hmm. and like that, I used to love the fact that they had the ram horns into the helmet. Like, sure. I was like that's pretty cool. Well, because the, back then, everybody's lowering their head, too. Right. It's like, clack. <laughs> they're like, look, it looks like two rams, man. <laughs> they ruined those, though. They did. I know. They it's ru- soiled forever. With the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the like updated that. ram decal on the helmet, yeah. they ruined it. Yeah, the, I'm talking the classic. The classic, yeah, classic ones, look. Dating up until they were here in St. Louis. Who sure. else has the helmets that are decorated? Like the, the Chargers. Eagles. I like the Chargers, too. I love their uniforms, so. though. Yeah. The blue. Everybody does. The baby blue stomach. Yeah. yeah. The Everybody Eagle Wings. Eagles Eagle got the Wings is cool. Like, yeah. why don't more teams put a little more effort into it? Like some teams know. are just like, oh, yeah, so basic. Especially the Browns. I mean, they don't have anything. They don't have, they, but what? Like, they're not. Guys, <laughs> like the Browns jersey well, got say, orange. Helmet. So the Browns had. They what did are, something what is similar. What An elf. Well, I no, think there's a lot they, of that's things. The logo, that's what they do. With the, that's what he, I don't know. But they got an elf on the field. They got that. Yeah. They got orange helmets. But, but what is a brown? I. It's color. I know it. It's a color, but it's barely on that uniform. I guess they're, they're home jerseys. They have brown. They're home jerseys. They get on the road. Yeah, what Forget is it. a brown? 
I again, it's a color. It was named after Paul Brown, who was their first head coach in 1946. Okay, so that, that makes sense. But wow, they time ha- to cut the cord. It's it's very weird because they have an elf as their logo, mm-hmm. but they also have fans that are dressed up as dogs. The dog, the, the dog pound. The dog yeah. pound. So it, it doesn't. Yeah, they're make just complete. They are. They are. You're right. They are all over the map. They are all. The Browns have no idea. They have no idea who they are, at all. No. Fans are passionate though. Hard to knock them. I, yeah, I, man. I just look yeah. at teams, and to me, it comes down to the effort you put into a lot of things. And just a decal on a helmet. I mean, anybody can buy a sticker and smack it on a piece of plastic. You know. Very true. Yeah. Anyways. Good thoughts there. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Are you sold? We'll play that next in the Fastlane. (laughs) (laughs) We're right back to the Fastlane podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Time for the lineup games. We'll play Are You Sold in the next segment. If you have an Are You Sold statement, too, 314 9646 Suspense now. You can, uh, you can always text us. We love, hear- we love hearing from you. We love your participation in the show. And by the way, Derek Gould's tweeting out about 15 minutes ago that it'll be Miles Michaelis tonight that takes the hill, not Zach Thompson. What Zach Thompson Zach was Thompson? projected to be the starter. What happened to him? Well, an explanation, according to Derek Gould, to is, forth, is forthcoming, but it, it could be because it lines up Michaelis's pitch, uh, so Michaelis can pitch the finale at Bush Stadium next Sunday. Thompson will go Wednesday, so tomorrow, Dakota Hudson on Thursday in Milwaukee. I thought maybe Zach Thompson took the Josh Hader approach and just said, yeah, it's not in my best interest to pitch today. Right. Yeah. Uh, we're, uh, I guess we're kind of in the playoff hunt, but not really. Yeah, we so. technically are, yeah. but like, come on. Wink, right. wink. Jeez. That's Quality what you guy, want. Okay. That's Ooh, what you want, a real competitor. get him. Anyways, for the, for the Brewers, Adrian Hauser. Oh. An RHP. This guy, uh, he's pretty good, too. Yeah. All right, so he's positive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, this has got to be, uh, I'm grinding. I'm grinding. Don't you think? Of course. Or I bet you Holly has some wacky son of a you know what lineup. Today. He he might, but we. I, it's the I, first game of the series, everybody's well rested. You don't yeah, think this yeah. is not the wacky one, is I'm it? I'm gonna say Newt. Okay, let's grind it up, please. Show us the Newt bar. What a shame! Oh, but there it is. <laughs> well, Jamie, you alluded to it. Show me Jose for me. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. That wasn't a final answer. Uh, Tommy, Tommy Edmund. Uh, he's the only. He's the only leadoff hitter. Palacios. I would say Tommy Edmund. Okay, go ahead. Show us Tommy Edmund. Tommy likey. Tommy want wingy. Why is what I would say. Why? Uh, you know, it's the old matchup. Ready, lefty, lefty, ready. Uh, ready, righty, lefty, lefty. Uh, Newt is a left bat, though. Don't Anthony. care. Don't care. We got it right. So Moving then on. who's here in the two hole? Gold. You think there's gold in the two hole? Yeah. Some would probably feel that way. Gold up in them hills. Hmm. All right. Show us Paul Goldschmidt. Gold! Rich with gold! Gold! Okay. 
is it Newt here now? Yeah, that's a good call. Because you had Gorman there for a long time. You had a left bat. Yep. So I'm thinking that that's what we're going with. And I agree. I think we grind it. I couldn't agree more, Anthony. Let's grind it. Show us Lars Taylor Tetsui Newt Bar. One, two, wow. three, four. I'm grinding. I'm grinding. Uh, all right. Big Willie here? Yeah. He's well. Oh, no. He's hurt. Oh, he's yeah. Hurt. He's done. He's done. Ornato's done. Walker? It's got to be walking like it's hot. It has been walk. Yeah, Walker. I think it's Walker. It has been Walker. Show us walk it like it's hot. Walk it like it's hot. Walk it like it's hot. And then Richie Palacios. Wow. Okay. You got a feeling. Show us Richie Palacios. Richie, do I have a mark on my face? It really hurts. Nope, nothing. I thought I hit you on the shoulder. My shoulder doesn't hurt very much, but my face does. Okay. Okay. Is this Alec Burleson now at six? Is uh, he your DH? Shut, I think he's shut down. Oh, yeah. It? He's done too. What yeah. the hell's going on here? It's been it's been ba- <laughs> Baker Baker faced the Padres and Waka the other night from yeah, the six hole. Yeah, but that was Waka's a lefty. No, Waka's a righty. Or, I'm sorry, Waka's a righty. Waka's a righty? Yeah. Things I learned today. <laughs> Why in my head did I have him as a lefty? I don't know. Huh. I think this is Luke and Baker. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Because I think he's kind of copy and pasting for the most part. What? Show us Luke and Baker. Oh, Peter. All right, Jamie, this was Yvonne Herrera. I think it's Andrew Kisner tonight. Kiz Daddy? I think the Kiz is on the bump tonight. Michaelis likes working with Andrew Kisner very much. They're all well-rested. Why would Kiz, who was this backup catcher, not become the catcher number one? Jamie, you sold me a Kiz Daddy. So Show us the captain. I'm the captain now. Look at me. Now this has to be uh, Jose Fermin. Yep. And then and Mason, Mason Wynn. Show us the Furminator, please. I'll be back. <laughs> nice. I, I like what you did there. And then show us Mason Wynn. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Not bad. We, we, we ran the table. We only got the Outside of the leadoff spot. spot. Yeah, which was a curveball. It was. Honestly. It was an Uncle Charlie curveball. It sure was. And not even on Wayno weekend. Can't wait for that. Me too. All right, go ahead, Marsh, run it. All right, guys, leading off second baseman, Tommy Edmond, batting second. First baseman, Paul Goldschmidt. Batting third, center fielder, Lars Taylor Tetsui Newtbar. Your cleanup hitter in right field, Jordan Walker. Batting fifth in left field, Richie Palacios. Batting sixth, the DH, Lucan Baker. Batting seventh, catching Andrew Kisner. Batting eighth, third baseman, Jose Fermin. And batting ninth, the shark stop, Mason Win. Go fair, go fair! I don't believe what I just saw. Home run. 
All right, Marsh, I completely forgot what we picked on Friday. Yeah, I just know it wasn't Mason Wynn who hit the only home run yeah. on Friday. So Good we call. still are at 995. <sighs> and we've only got today, tomorrow. We have like a week left. Not even. Oh, that's right, because we don't do it on the weekend. Exactly. It's coming down to the wire. I, I believe mathematically I am officially out. I think you are. Yeah, mathematically you're out. But you're still going to play the game because you love it so. Well, actually, uh, I could tie. Today, tomorrow, Thursday, Friday. you got to run the table. I have to run the table. Can Can't. I go four days in a row? I don't know. I'm not Josh Hader. Yeah. He couldn't do it either. That's true. No. Uh, so, Jamie, go ahead. What's me? Go for it. All right. Uh, boy, oh boy. This has been an adventure here recently. Um, wow. I think I'll go with Palacios. Good call. He just, he either knocks the piss out of it or doesn't hit at all. I'm going with him. Okay. Uh, I'm going to ride the hot hand here. I'm going to go Luke and Baker. Big Rube, huh? Yep, I'm going to go with Big Rube. First time I've taken Luke and Baker. Maybe it's for the win. Well, I still got time left. For the lead and then hopefully the win. Second carry away. I know, but, you know, I hit one and then I just hold. Score the touchdown, play good defense, run the ball, get out of here. No lead is safe, Anthony. You're right. You should know. Oh, I remember well. Don't. Marsh, who you Go got? Falcons. Duh. Ah. I got to go with the guy. Come on. I have to go with Chalk, gentlemen. My season is on the line. I have to go four for four this week. Goldie has had 31 at-bats against Hauser. He has hit three home runs, and he has 12 Ooh. ribbies. I have to put my hands, my fate, in Paul Goldschmidt. I don't blame you. I don't blame you one bit. 6.40 tonight. Again, it'll be Miles Michaelis, not Zach Thompson, that faces Adrian Hauser at American Family Field. And if you want to feel real, real depressed, just know that the Brewers are one win away from clinching the National League Central. Cardinals are a loss away from finishing where they have never finished before. All alone in last place in the NL Central, according to Derek Gould. Good for the Brewers. I look at their yeah, whatever. No, seriously, good for the Brewers. That's a team that the, people criticized the lack of moves and were literally like these guys are just trying to be mediocre. Yep. And now they have the chance to win the division. <laughs> they spent so, they spent the big. Players. They spent big in the offseason, which we know from some Cardinals fans, that's the key. They didn't spend at all. Oh. Oh, so maybe that's not the key. No, I'm, maybe it's I'm just complimenting pitching. the pitching. It's just pitching and defense. I'm complimenting. They have a the, pretty solid manager too. The, yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. Why are you looking at me like an I owl on a clock? I see what you did there. I didn't do a anything. What? I'm just saying. Just a I'm just stating a fact. It was just a, it was, it was just a ricochet on a clock. Yeah. yeah have you the, seen the owls? The they owls like they open like, their eyes super cuckoo, slow and big. Cuckoo. But why would it be an owl on a clock? Because that's, that's what his face looked like. You ever seen those owls? Like a cuckoo clock? Yeah, a cuckoo yeah. clock. That's not an owl that comes out of there. No, but it is an owl. What is? The clock is is an owl with 
the whole structure, the framework is an <laughs> owl with a clock on his chest. What? And then when he, you know, cuckoo, cuckoo, yeah. he's got the eyes going. No, you have a regular clock that hangs on the wall and the little doors open up and the bird comes out. Cuckoo, cuckoo. It's not no, in an bird, owl. No, the bird comes out. Owl clocks. The bird comes out owl clocks. You could have I any kind of clock. I don't know about the cuckoo clock. That was, that well, was all cuckoo Anthony. Clock. Well, that's what you, yeah. No, I said the owl clock. Google, Google the cuckoo clock. You know what? He looks like the cat, the cat clock, the black cat. Where his eyes the are eyes going go back, back and forth. forth. Now, that that makes more sense. Yeah. Oh, wait. Maybe the cuckoo clock is not an owl. Yeah, that's right, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Apology accepted. Although there I, is, though. Although there... I know I won't get one. I apologize for the cuckoo clock reference. See, that's not an apology. It is. No. You were you right. You say, I apologize for being wrong. Wait. Time out. I'm not wrong. Apparently, there are cuckoo clocks that are owls. Looking there's, at them right now. You can Google anything. I guarantee there's probably a water bottle with a cuckoo clock. I, I could probably get it at Amazon and ship it right to your door. <laughs> be right here by the end in of about the day. an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fast lane. A one-on-one ESPN. We'll play. Are you sold? Next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on one hundred and one ESPN. If you want to play in the gauntlet today, you can text in 314-399-9646 for your opportunity. Just text in the word gauntlet. Again, 314-399-9646 for an opportunity to play one of us in the next 10 minutes or so. Gauntlet coming up at 4 o'clock. Right now, we're going to play Are You Sold with Andrew Marsh. All right, guys. We had BT on earlier in the show, and he was saying that he thinks that the cards might move away from Wilson Contreras as the everyday catcher next season. Are you sold on Wilson Contreras being the DH or taking a corner outfield spot next season? I'm not sold on him taking a corner outfield spot, but I am sold on him being the primary DH next year and the Cardinals moving forward with either Yvonne Herrera and or Andrew Kisner and or really somebody team, else. That, I mean, is it? Yeah, I think it is. What if you improve your, your pitching? help improve your pitching obviously you still need dudes how about you just get pitchers who can pitch and quit worrying about the damn catcher well it's part of it though <laughs> no seriously though is- marshy you brought up the numbers yeah you want me to read them all yeah, do that please because okay. i think there needs to be some clarification here that wilson Contreras didn't just drop out of a pickup truck and you got this crappy catcher they didn't just pick him up at a gas station and tell him to play T- correct <laughs> that's unique And only in hockey. Yeah. Uh, So in in 2018, the Cubs had a 3.65 team ERA, which was best, I'm sorry, which was third best in Major League Baseball. He caught 133 games that season, and they ended up winning 95 games and were, and they uh, were a wildcard team behind. The Brewers, who won 96 games, I believe the Cubs had the second-best record in the National League. But he caught in 133 games in that season, and like I said, they were top three team ERA. So where's the... Did he just drop off? Explain that to me. Like, explain it way better than you did your cuckoo clock, okay? Okay. Mm -hmm. But honestly, all jokes aside, 
did the Cubs pitchers just know more? Like, uh, nothing yeah. changes. Quite honestly, he should have actually continued to evolve as a catcher. Mm-hmm. And here we are, second best ERA, World Series, 95 wins, 130 some starts ish. What year was that, Marshall? This is 2018. Okay. Was he calling his own games? I don't know. But if that's the case, then why the hell don't the Cardinals call the game for him? Or the pitchers? Do your job. Okay. But I see lots of pitchers with the pitch com on their glove. There were a lot of issues, though, with with the Cubs that came out in terms of him calling, you know, calling games that they didn't like. The Astros said no thanks after a deal was potentially in place at the deadline. I mean, I think there is something to the defensive stuff. Okay, there's something to it. But it, to me, it can't be the number. Like, everybody's no, so, nobody's saying they, the number one thing. Oh, yeah, they are, actually. A lot of people are. A lot of people are saying Wilson Contreras is the reason why the Cardinals pitching staff stinks? Yes. Then those people are drunk. I don't disagree. Or high. But they attribute a lot of the struggles. Either way. To the pitching, to the rotation, no, you, to pi- Wilson Contreras. Your pitching, your pitching the Cardinals wasn't. Cardinals freaking said it. Anthony. Your pitching wasn't good. Let me be. Let me be clear. Your pitching wasn't good because you didn't have good pitchers this year. Well, I think that's yeah, where but they this... blamed the catcher. Okay, but let, let's not be short sighted. I'm not. Once you get the once you get the pitchers, the right pitchers, do you have the right catcher? And if you don't have the right catcher, then he moves okay, to but DH. You're proving my point to me right now. Okay. Okay, because the Cubs obviously had the right pitchers. Mm-hmm. So the pitchers were able to overcome whatever these massive deficiencies are that Wilson Contreras has and mm-hmm. win. So if the Cardinals go out and get good pitching yeah. and things change, like, are we still so down on Contreras? Or If, if things out, change, no. If you go out and get Blake Snell or Aaron Nola and they're just terrible and they say, man, this guy is really not a great catcher, then you also have your answer there. It lies within that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying Wilson Contreras is, you know, a 130-start catcher. I'm not. But I'm also not willing to just sewer a guy who has a track record of being pretty good, average defensively, certainly good offensively. And now, you know, it's like everybody's so focused on Wilson Contreras that they're overlooking other aspects of it. I don't. I just don't get it. And is Kisner better than Contreras defensively? Yes. Like we had a text that says... Um, you know, this is why I hate the numbers. Just watch the games. Kiz is noticeably better behind the plate. I didn't say that Kisner wasn't better behind the plate. My argument is not that Contreras is the best catcher out there, the best available even within your staff. My mm-hmm. argument is that how can it be so bad that you're blaming all of this stuff with the pitching on Contreras? I, I can't speak for anybody else. I'm not. I'm blaming the fact that you had a bad performance this season from a pitching standpoint. I know, but there was enough on, things on the alluded to by the Cardinals, mm-hmm. management, staff, coaching, players, everybody at the start. When everything was going wrong, well, it's got to be the catcher. Well, get better pitchers. Here, here's my Amen. thing. Why, why, why are we just looking at one position, right? It's like, okay, well, Wilson can't he can't do a good job catching. It's like, okay, well, what about Jordan Walker? You're going to throw Jordan Walker out for the whole season in right field when he's not even a right fielder. Mm-hmm. So, because yep. we need his bat, right? Okay, you can't say one thing and then do another thing because it, it just it, it contradicts itself. Sure. If you want to be good defensively, be good defensively everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. Right? Yep, I agree. And then what about the games where, like Dakota Hudson, he pitched seven scoreless innings. Contreras was behind the dish. What happened? Just lucky? 
Well, don't ask uh, Anthony. He doesn't like Dakota Hudson. Okay, picture X, Y, or Z. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it makes it personal. I don't, I, I I just, don't have anything personal. I, I, I just refuse to buy into that narrative. I just I don't like it. Okay. I think it's crap. I think it's not good teammate to do that to your guy. Does he have to be your catcher every day next year? No. But don't give me the, the load of bull that, man, if we can just get a defensive catcher back there. You had one. His name was Yadier Molina, and we were spoiled because Yadier was maybe the best defensive catcher in ever. But his bat wasn't great. Yeah. So they went and got the bat, and they got an average defensive guy. What's the difference? Mm-hmm. You flip-flop the 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 recipe, basically. Yeah. Anyways. Are you sold on Tory Krug staying healthy all year? Tory Krug has got a pretty good track record at overall as a player of being healthy. Last year, um, look, the, it wasn't great for him in a couple of different ways. His consistency wasn't great, but he also got injured more more than he's used to. I think Tory Krug not having to go out there and change the game by himself all the time will limit some of his injuries. So I, I don't. I, I'm sold that he's going to be okay. I, I was going to say the, the the track record as well. That he's got a track record of being healthy. So I I don't think there's any any issue with that. I think I'm sold that he will he will stay healthy. From the six three six, are you sold that Luther Burden becomes a first round NFL draft pick when he declares? Whenever that is, yeah, I am. If the if the production remains there, the, the teams are going to fall in love with his skill set. So I think yes, he's he's a first round pick. First I don't know. Round, eh? Yeah, I don't know if he's. Ooh. At one point we got we got uh, whether or not he's going to be like a top ten pick or even a, a top I don't know five pick or something like that. I yeah I, I don't I wouldn't go there. But when you look at kind of the the profile, he's a four you know he's a four four guy, uh, somebody that you know, he's listed at six six one one ninety five. Look at the way the NFL game is today with a lot of teams spreading it out. I think he's going to be a a first-round pick for sure. Again, if the health, health is there and the production is there, yes. Last one here from the 314. Are you sold that all the T-Swift attention will not be a distraction for Travis Kelsey and the Kansas City Chiefs? No, I'm not sold that it won't be. No. I, it's I tried, already a I, distraction. I tried team. to bring this up to Jamie yesterday. You didn't want to hear it. He's a Swifty. No, so. you blamed a girl for it. It's not I her didn't fault. Bl- I didn't blame anybody. You literally said it's. I her asked fault. a question, and now I'm I'm just sharing my concerns. So I think that from um, a media standpoint, it's been fun. If this continues and it continues to elevate, then it it can be a distraction for the group. Maybe not even the player. But Travis Kelsey, I mean, he's got some swagger to him, so I don't see this bothering him too much. And he's a real competitive guy, does his job very well. And Patrick Mahomes, I don't think it's going to bother him. No. But the constant media surrounding them and everybody thinking that she might be at every game and the talk becoming more about Taylor Swift than the Kansas City Chiefs. And so it's not her fault either because she's massively famous and, I mean, just a great talent. It's not her fault. But no matter what, at some point, it gets to be a lot on the group. Mm. So it's to be determined, but we'll see how it you know, ends up. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalser. It's not her fault, Anthony. I'm not saying Stop. it is. I'm not saying Smirking. it is. 
I just think it's funny. You just broke that. You just broke that down like you would uh, a blues power play, and I loved it. <laughs> You're so serious about it. I was serious about it. This is a serious thing. Swifties want to know, man. Hey, Anthony, I'll tell you what. We're way better off with Swifties in our corner. That's true. If That's they're a good against point. us, Anthony, it's nasty. We're done. Yeah, good point. We're done. Jamie, you have saved me a couple of times over the last two weeks now with your lawyer speak, and um, you did it again there. Nice work. Gauntlet next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. 403, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter, and we welcome in Barry into the gauntlet. What's up, Barry? Hey, how's it going? Going uh, pretty good. You first-timer here in the gauntlet? Yeah. Yep, yep, first time. All right, well, welcome into the gauntlet. Would you like to take on Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, or me today? Uh, I'm going to go with the guy that probably has the most concussions and get a win out of the gate and go with Jamie. Wow. Wow, I was really confused right there. Yeah, I thought it was going to be me. (laughs) Some things hurt more than others, Barry. And if I could remember any of those concussions, boy, I'd be angry. Yeah. (laughs) Good luck, my man. man. Thank you. You too. Jamie, go ahead and make it to the uh, cone of silence there. It's around the corner. Just uh, open the door and then go right around the corner. He'll get it. I think he's got it, Marsh. Uh, all right. So, Barry, <laughs> let's get this thing going yeah. here. Tell Marsh to spin that wheel. Spin that wheel, Marshy. What are you hoping for, Barry? Uh, either random or hockey. Random or hockey. Let's see here. Uh, you got one of them. What did, right. you, what did you want more, random or hockey? Probably random. <laughs> you got random. You got All random right, today. Good. Yep. So cool. Marsh, Marsh is going to give us the launch codes here. Every question is worth two points unless Barry or Jamie need the options today. If they need the options, those questions are only worth one point. All right, Barry, you ready? Thank you, Marsh. Yep. Yep. Let's go for it. All right. Question one. What is the Roman numeral for 1,000? What is the Roman numeral for 1,000? Oh, I'm going to need the options on this one. N is in Nancy, M is in mother, or K? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, N for Nancy. Final answer? Final answer. All right, question number two. Mixing this soda with a splash of Coke or Pepsi makes a combination that tastes exactly like ginger ale. Uh, I'm going to say Sprite. Final answer. Question number three. Uh, Fledgling and nestling are two different terms for baby owl. What is the most common term for a baby owl? Uh, I'm gonna need the option. Chick, owling, or owlette? Uh, I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with chick. Final answer. Yeah, final answer. Jamie might have a tough time with that question since it deals with owls. 
That's true. It's yeah. funny that we were talking about owls today. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Question number four. In the most recent NBA final, the Nuggets defeated the Heat in how many games? Uh, I'm going to go with six. Final answer. All right, let's bring back Jamie Rivers from the Cone of Silence. Barry, how you feeling? No, not good. Okay, all right. <laughs> random stuff, because it's like, yeah, I kind of, I like random trivia, and then all of a sudden you get stuff that you have no idea about. Yep, yep, for sure. All right, Jamie, he th- we think is going to make his way back into the Cone of Silence. Here, here. he comes. There he is. Jamie hey on a hop. Jamie, how are you? I'm pretty good. How's my guy Barry doing? Well, you better pack a lunch. <laughs> That's for really? Sure. <laughs> okay. Jamie, how's it going to silence? Uh, it was okay today. Mike Ooh. was a little late to the cone of silence, so mm. I had to mess with all the dials in there. Ah. Um, oh yeah, to turn it turn it down, turn everything yeah. off. And, sure. And uh, our guy Mike Ryder, who um, is going to be moving soon, bought a house. He's wow. He's, grown, he's all a, grown up. Uh, sent out a spam email what? to everybody here, I don't know. Uh, requesting boxes. Wow. I mean, mm. I said, Mike, go get your own box. Yeah. You know? Like, sure. Leave mine alone. Right. He understood. <laughs> All right, Jamie, you ready? Yeah. Random trivia. Uh, oh, I random love trivia random. today. It's so wonderful. Question one <laughs> yeah. What is the Roman numeral oh, come on. for 1,000? No idea. Options, please. <laughs> N is in Nancy, M is in mother, or K, as in Kit Kat. Okay, so if I'm trying to use my Roman times brain here, yeah, we have N, M, and K. Okay, uh, M. Final answer. Question number two: <laughs> mixing, <laughs> mixing this soda with a splash of Coke or Pepsi makes a combination that tastes exactly like ginger ale. Oh. uh... Well, Coke or Pepsi, you mix it with Sprite or 7-Up. Final answer. Question three. Yeah. Fledgling and nestling are two different terms for baby owl. But what is the most common term for a baby owl? Is this for real? Yes. There's an owl question? (laughs) There's an owl question, yes. (laughs) What the hell are we doing here? A fledgling and a what? Pledgling? Nestling. Nestling. Fledgling and nestling. But what is the most common term for a baby owl? Correct. Never mind, Jamie. Don't say it. Get the options, please. Okay. Chick, owling, owlet. I mean, chick is a baby chicken, but I wonder if it's just like universally kind of adopted. So chick, what? Owling? Chick, owling, owlet. An owlet. I think owlet is not it. <sighs> we knew a chick. Final answer. Question number four. In the most recent NBA final, the Nuggets defeated the Heat in how many games? I got the Celtics series on my brain. They roared back to take it to seven. Was it four or was it five? 
five. Final answer. All right. I don't feel good. I'm not going to lie, guys. Let's go over these. Let's start off with question three. Fledgling and nestling are two different terms for baby owl, but what is the most common term for a baby owl? Barry, with the options, you said check. <laughs> Jamie, with the options, you said check. Correct answer is... It is an owling. Wow. Oh, come on. It's an owl. Owlet. Owlet. My bad. Yeah, I was My bad. Owlet. 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 Barry, we got this. <laughs> Mixing this soda uh, with a splash of Coke or Pepsi makes a combination that tastes exactly like ginger ale. Barry, you went with Sprite. Jamie, you went with Sprite. Or 7-Up or yeah. Sierra Minister. Correct answer is... It is Sprite. It is Sprite. Nice job. 2-2. Two, two. Nice. Neither of you needed the options on that. You know so why I know that, Anthony? Why? Because I used to order Crown and Ginger up in Canada. Uh-huh. And a lot of places down here don't have the ginger ale. So one bartender goes, oh, I know how to make ginger ale. I need Coke and a splash of Sprite. No kidding. So I'd say, hey, give me a Crown with Coke and a splash of Sprite. Nice. Nice job. See, there. you're all better off for knowing that now. Yeah, we definitely are. There's no question Jamie's about it. Jamie's mixology. Yes. <laughs> Sign what, up now. What is the... So uh, we got a 2-2 tie right now. What is the Roman numeral for 1,000? Barry, with the options, you said N. Jamie, with the options, you said M. Correct answer is? It is M. M. So Jamie has a one-point lead. You don't even want to know my reasoning behind that. Final question. In the most recent NBA final, the Nuggets defeated the Heat in how many games? Neither of you needed the options on this one or used the options. Barry, you went six. Jamie, you went five. If it's four or five games, Jamie wins today. And we know that the uh, Heat weren't swept, so Jamie needs to nail this at five. Because if it's six, Barry's going to win by a point. Barry. Yeah. You have chosen... Poorly. You it was five games. Yeah. Jamie wins today. Did not need the options on that. So Jamie Basketball with a five thing. Five two victory today. Sorry, Barry. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. That's all right. Good job, Jamie. Thanks, Barry. Hey, go have a crown with Coke and a splash of Sprite for me, okay? <laughs> Will do, man. Have oh, a good boy. one. There you have go. A great one, buddy. Excellent. Nice job, Jamie. That was a tough one. You got you got uh, five. All of them right, except for the chick question. Mm, nice job. So weird. Yeah. Well, we knew he wanted to get the owl question right. Yeah, he, he, he didn't know owl. anything about the owl he, clock. He knows nothing about owls. Nothing. I'm surprised you didn't get the final question right off the bat, considering that you and I were fir- like very adamant that the Nuggets would win in five games. Yeah, but I was. I had to go over the celebration. This is how I got mm. there, by the way. Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, where were they spraying champagne? And I knew it wasn't in Miami. Or no, it was in it Miami. Was, it was in Miami. So I even screwed that up and got it right. <laughs> so uh, it, it was in Denver. Was it? Well, yeah, game five was in Denver. Don't they, but don't they go 2-3-2 two, two in the NBA? Two, no, that's only oh, Major that's League right. Baseball. That's right, it's 2-2. Two, two. Okay. Yes, yeah, 2-2. Two, two. So, yeah, okay, then my reasoning Denver. was correct. Yeah, you were correct. Okay. Yeah. We have some people in the text line that say... Uh, Justice for the listener. Jamie is allowed to give two answers. Last time I checked, seven up was probably two different things. Well, if they listen to the question, the question says Coke or Pepsi, right? 
And the answer does say Sprite, it, yeah. accepts 7-Up, Sierra Mist, etc. Well, what does the question say? Mixing the soda with a splash of Coke or Pepsi See, makes a combination that tastes exactly like ginger ale. So if it's Coke and I go with 7-Up, which is a Pepsi product, so that's why I gave them both, yeah. because you, the question gave me both products. If, if just, just to clarify, again, we... Grant did a great job on this because he said, except 7-Up, Sierra Mist, et cetera. So if Barry said 7-Up, we would have gave it to him. We would have gave it to yeah. him. Uh, Jamie just happened to say Sprite or 7-Up. Yeah, we're not brand loyal here. No. so At least the sodas. Either way. Yeah. All right. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. There's no ju- there's no justice for the listener. Barry yeah, And means- Barry, would, Barry wouldn't want that. Barry got one question right. Barry doesn't want to win that way. You know? Come on. And I think, honestly, it doesn't... Would it have mattered? If we took the two points away, no, it wouldn't have mattered. Jamie still would have won three to two. Oh, so, just All clarifying right. things, Anthony. You know, we I hear try you. to keep it real here. That's right. We're going to keep it real about the Colorado Avalanche and how they stack up against the Blues next in the Fast Lane on One Hundred and One ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on One Hundred and One ESPN. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Time for the NHL Central Division Preview. Yeah. The Colorado Avalanche are today. Uh, Jamie. Why? What do we need to know about the Avalanche and how the Blues stack up against the Avs? Well, Anthony, first thing you need to know is uh, it's a pretty good hockey club yeah. over there. In yep. what ways? Uh, pretty much all, all of them. them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty good team. Okay. Um. The Stanley Cup champions a couple of years ago, and the one thing we got to remember is that they had a lot of injuries last year. This is a team that got plagued with injuries to some key pieces uh, of their lineup. So, and they still have a very big injury to their captain, Gabriel Landeskog, who is hoping to return possibly for the playoffs this year. He's been out almost two seasons now. Started at the beginning of last season, going into this season, and possibly, could possibly be the entire season. We don't know officially yet. But that's, you know, that's a big blow to the Avalanche. But in return, you know, they've kind of backfilled and went and got some pretty good players. Um, you know, they still have Nathan McKinnon. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty good player, Anthony. Pretty fast. I would say so. Pretty good goal scorer. Yeah. Yeah, 111 <laughs> points last year. Uh, Miko Rantanen. He's also a pretty good player. He only had 105 points mm. last year. But here's the drop-off. Next guy up was way down there. Kale McCarr had 66 points, then 52 for D- JT Comfort. So that's a 45, 50-point swing. So this team is revolves around those two guys. Now, in fairness, Kale McCarr only played 60 games. He had 66 points. He'd have been in the 80-point-ish club. But even after that, that's a massive drop-off to 52 points then. So this team lives and dies with Nathan McKinnon, Miko Ranton, and Kale McCarr. Mm-hmm. Which is great for them, but not great... or Which is not great for opposing teams, but it also is. Because you know who to focus on. Yeah, It's almost like the Oilers with Dreisaitl McDavid last year... It's a hell of a team, but if you can find a way to slow down the big boys, 
you give you chance you give yourself a chance to win. Mm-hmm. Vegas Golden Knights were they as talented as the Oilers were? No, they weren't. Man for man, no. Connor David Leon Dreisel, Evander Kane, Ryan Nugent Hopkins they had some serious horses in their lineup. But Vegas had a team that had some good goal scorers, some gritty guys. Their top players were two hundred foot guys. Their top defensemen, we know them pretty well. Alex Petrangelo plays pretty good back there, and they just crowded the middle of the ice and made life miserable for the Avalanche. So that being said, if you break down this team, you have a pretty big job to do, which is to just kind of handle those two guys. Now, the Avalanche, um, you know, will get... Valerie Nachushkin is back. He had some controversial stuff going on in the playoffs last year. I don't really even know what the hell the real story is. But the one piece that they did add... That I don't know if this is a hit or a miss. There's two pieces, actually, that they added that I don't know if they're a hit or a miss yet. Ryan Johansson. We know him from the Nashville Predators yep. and formerly, at, before that, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Talented individual, but also difficult regarding coaching and all-around game and sometimes rubs his teammates the wrong way. So we'll see how that works with Jared Bednar and the Colorado Avalanche. Because if he is what he can be, then that's problematic. He He's an 80 to 90 point guy. So that bridges the gap between some of the top guys and the rest of the herd. Right. Also, another one that was kind of a head scratcher from a roster standpoint, not financially, it was a no brainer, but Jonathan Druin who was a really big breakout-type guy, Tampa Bay Lightning, high draft pick. They traded him to Montreal Canadiens, thought it was going to be great. Never has been. He's had some off-the-ice problems, issues. He's been a, a difficult guy to coach. So he's looking for a second chance, a third chance, I guess, at this point. If he is a version of the player that you thought you were getting when you drafted him so high way back when, when the Lightning did, then also that will be another 60-ish point player. So adding a little more offense uh, to their roster, but that's a really big if. And then on defense, you've got your usual suspects. Kale McCarr, uh, Devontae, he was a real big part of their success last year. Josh Manson, Samuel Girard, Curtis McDermott, Byron, Byron Bowen. That's a solid, solid defensive core. And then between the pipes, uh, Georgiev and Franku are their goaltenders. Um, Georgiev had some highs and lows. His ceiling is high. His floor is low. He was somewhere in the middle last year. But if he has a good year, you know, he, he's a big part of that team as well. So how how much have the Blues closed the gap from where they were a year ago? Yeah. Um, look, you're never closing the gap on a guy like Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. And not unless you have Connor McDavid. I mean, if you're going to have like nuclear warfare, both sides have to have it. Mm-hmm. But what I think the Blues have done is – when I look at this lineup top to bottom at the forward position for the Avalanche, a couple of high-end guys in Rantanen and McKinnon, you don't have that. But you do have Thomas and Cairo, who could tickle 90, 95 points this year, which is not far off. It's not that far off. But the rest of the Blues forward core, I think the balance is better. I really do. I feel like they're deeper as a forward group. You look at some of these guys, Johansson, we don't know. Um, Arturi Lekkinen, he's okay. Miles Wood, he's a checker. Thomas Tatar, eh, he's a little older now. Yeah, you know, 
32 years old. He's been so-so. Yeah. I think the Blues overall have a better forward group. And I know that sounds crazy because they have McKinnon and Rantanen. But you have to kind of get past that to where if you're in a seven-game series, your forwards might be able to wear down their forwards. Mm. Um, when it comes to the defensive core, you've got work to do. I mean, Kale McCarr is one of the most elite defensemen in the NHL. I, I don't even know. I, you don't have an answer for that. He, he would be by far your number one defenseman. Heck, he's one of the best defensemen, period. Top three, probably in the NHL. Yeah. So the gap is there. Samuel Girard, he's fine. Josh Manson, he's good. He's fine. Devontae's is good. If your guys, if your top four defensemen can play like they have in the past, they match up with those guys. They match up just fine. Now, Byron Boehm, he is a really good player. He's going to continue to take steps forward. Curtis McDermott is a big, heavy, burly defenseman. Clears the front of the net, throws the mitts down. So the bottom of this decor probably goes to the avalanche. Um, the the middle of it would be equal, and the top of the decor is by far advantage avalanche. Then between the pipes, I, I like the tandem of Bennington and Hofer more than I like the tandem of Georgias and, and, and Franku. I just think that Franku is, he's fine, but, you know, you haven't really heard of him too, too much. He's 33 years old, and and Georgiev, he's was kind of all over the map yeah. last year. So if Bennington bounces back with a really good season and Joel Holfer has the type of season that we think he can have from a development standpoint, I would give a slight edge to the Blues goaltending. There you have it. There's your Central Division preview of the Colorado Avalanche. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We're going to do NFL stock market buy, sell, or hold. And Marsh has got kind of an interesting tier for us today. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time for NFL stock market buy, sell, or hold. And Marsh, you have a specific category for us today, right? Yes. Yeah, so last week, I believe we got into some some playoff teams that we playoffs. were thinking, hey, are we going to buy, sell, hold on some of these teams if they're playoff teams? Today, I want to look at some teams that are under 500 and see if we still have faith in them. Ooh. Okay. So let's start off with the New England Patriots. They are one and two. Are you going to buy, sell, or hold New England? Um, I love you, New England Patriots, but I'm selling. Your division, the top two teams are far better than the bottom two teams, and you barely beat the New York Jets, who um, are really bad right now. Zach Wilson's terrible. Yeah. I mean, poor Joe Namath is calling for him to be traded. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? So I, I'm going to sell on the Patriots. I don't see them being a playoff team. I'm going to sell on them, too. I really like their defensive front seven. I really like Ramondre Stevenson, even though he's off to kind of a slow start thus far. I do not like the overall team speed on defense. And Mac Jones, if you watch him play, there's a lot to be desired right now. He's had opportunities to to win games, and he hasn't. I mean, you watch you watch everybody else, right? Like you watch QBs around the league. 
And I think we tend to defend the ones that we really like. You know, there's a lot of div- hey, Justin Fields, it's somebody else's fault. If you if you hear all of the the blame going around to like the offensive lineman or the offense coordinator or the head coach or the wide receivers, if if you kind of run through the gamut and you you're left with the quarterback himself, it's time to blame the QB. When you look at Mac Jones, we said, oh, it was OC last year, right? It was the offense coordinator's fault last year. And maybe it was to some degree, but Bill O'Brien knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Bill O'Brien should probably deserve more credit for what he did with Deshaun Watson in Houston, for that matter. After we, This is not the... Well, on the field. On the field, certainly. Yeah, thought that was implied, but uh, I'm glad you Just mentioned it. Sure. I think Mac Jones, again, he's, he leaves a lot to be in, uh, desired. I don't, th- I don't think he's been impressive, so I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell as well. I don't think that... I can buy a team that barely beat the Jets. Yeah, they, they're they're crumbling right now. Had had they had Joe Namath under center instead of Zach Wilson, the Jets may have won that game. I don't know. Oh, absolutely, maybe for sure. Just they could have put Mark Sanchez in there. He could have fumbled the ball. They still would have something to think about. Whoa, let's something. not get carried away. Yeah, what I said was fine. What are you talking about? What you you said, brought him to an AFC championship. Joe Namath is way better than True. Mark Sanchez as they <laughs> sit right now. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Marsh was just the perfect. All right. Okay. <laughs> say whatever. Uh, all right. All right. I'm excited. All right. Last uh, last night, the Cincinnati Bengals played the Los Angeles Rams. The Bengals picked up a win. They are now one and two. Are you buying, selling, or holding on the Bengals? Um, Anthony, I, I don't have as much detail as you on this team. I'm selling. Your star quarterback, who is your team, who single-handedly brought you to a Super Bowl and single-handedly made you competitive the next season following that, he's been injured. Uh, You can tell. I'm selling. I never bought the stock. I don't need to sell it. I never had it. You're right, Jamie. You watched Joe Burrow last night, and he doesn't look healthy. Barely moving. Yeah. It's, it's, It's not good. He's They're playing him. They need to play him. I'm sure he wants to play. Good win for them last night. Who do they play next week? Um, because I question. feel like there is a def- – I'm going to take a look here. You can keep talking. They're already going to Titans yeah, at th- Titans. So, and then the Cardinals. So here's where I bet you their head was at on it. They're 0-2 on the season. They thought to themselves, we can get right back into this with three wins in a row mm-hmm. against some crappy teams, but we need Joe Burrow to go. Yeah. And then, obviously, Seahawks, 49ers, Bills. It gets to be a bit of a gauntlet there. Right. You can't move. He can't. Joe Burrow can't move. No, you got you got well, by last he's night. He's stepping back. Yeah, he's taking he's a one step the, drop. He's throwing all arm, and it's short routes too. Yep, they kept it really like tight for him. I agree. I'm going to hold. I'm I'm still holding out hope for for Joey B. So uh, I'm going to hold on them, but I'm not too confident moving forward. Uh, but getting a win last night, it's the start of something. So. Certainly. Uh, next team, Jacksonville. Buy, sell, or hold? Ooh. I'm going to buy while the what? stock is low on Jacksonville. They they have not looked good early on. They, they could have lost to the Colts in that week one matchup. They didn't look good against Kansas City. They definitely, I mean, they got, they got destroyed last week against the Texans. But... You know, this is kind of a get-right spot for them in London against a Falcons team that is very limited offensively. So if they can slow down the run, 
they can pick up a win before they got to play Buffalo. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy while it's low, while the stock is low right now. They've got some winnable games. It's a winnable. It's a it's a very winnable division. So I I think they'll get better as the season wears on. Yeah, I'm also gonna buy, and the reason I'm buying is I just looked at their schedule and the way I looked at it as it sits right now, they have nine wins that to me are are guarantees. You mix in a few more that they battle, play good, play above their potential. You had a 10 or 11 win season. That guarantees you that division. Heck, yeah. nine wins might guarantee you that division. So, like Anthony, stock's a little low right now. I'm going to buy some of that up. The potential of uh, a nice profit is available. I'm also going to buy. They are four and five in games in London. However, Trevor Lawrence looks like sunshine from the Remember the Titans, which is a Disney movie. And Toy Story is actually covering the game on Disney this weekend. So they're going to be running around like little toys on the television screen. Is that how it's going to be shown? Yes. Like in the promo code? Like the promo code. The promos? Yeah, I I think so. That's going to be interesting. So I'm going to go with Jacksonville this upcoming week. Spoiler. Uh, So I'm going to buy them this week uh, and moving forward. So next team is the Chargers who got bailed out this weekend. One and two though. Are you buying, selling, or holding? I'm going to hold for now. It would have been an easy sell if they had lost in Minnesota. It probably should have lost. I'm going to hold though the amount of talent that they have on that team starting with Justin Herbert who I really like. I I think they can still they can still kind of figure this out. That division doesn't look daunting either. It's KC, and that's it. Uh-huh. The Raiders aren't good. The Broncos are trash. They've got some winning game. They get some some winning opportunities here. So I think they're going to stay in it. Yeah, I'm holding. Hold. I'm holding on this as well. I think that uh, offensively, this team has been uh, they've been really good all year. The defense has been a little porous at times, to mm-hmm. say the least, and coaching has been suspect Oof. as well. So. Um, all those things in there, you still have Justin Herbert. Yep. And for that reason and that reason alone, at this point, I'm holding on the Chargers. All right, there you have it. Bye, Sarah Holtz. You're in the fast line on 101 Oh, sorry, Marsh. Go ahead. I'm holding as well. They should have lost that game. Oh, oh never mind. I forgot. They played. The well, they should have. Their coaching is not good. It's Your not. guy shouldn't have thrown an interception. I don't care. I'm looking past that. I'm looking, pa- I'm <laughs> looking, looking past, past that. that too. I'm just. Let's get the Joe Vitale. <laughs> Joe Vitale next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Joey Vitale views things a little differently. Just imagine how he looks at hockey. This is The View from Vitale, brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Let's head to our... Celebrity line. Actually, you know what? Uh, Joey Vitale is going to be calling us here in a second, so we'll get Joey on the line, and and then we'll we'll talk to Joey. Our first our first chat of the NHL season with Joey Vitale. I was talking with Joey this morning at the rink. At the rink, yeah, yeah. yeah interested in his, in his thoughts on not only the team overall, but just kind of Tory Krug's comments. Uh, Tory Krug talking today about you know how look 
Time to move forward here. Uh-huh. Obviously, the uh, the situation in the off season, talking about the potential trade and things like that. Yeah, it, of course, it impacts you. But I signed for seven years, is what he said. I'm paraphrasing, but Tory Cruz said I signed for seven years. I want to be here. So let's get Joey Vitali's thoughts. Joey, of course, on the call. Tonight, Blues and Blue Jackets pregame starting at 6 o'clock. Joey will be alongside Chris Kerber, voice of the Blues. What's up, Joey? Hey, boys. Doing doing really good. Long off season. Certainly ready to get back after tonight. No doubt. So, Joey, we haven't talked to you in a while, man. What What is the thing that you are, if you, if you were like, all right, my biggest question heading into the season is, what would that be? Ooh, that's a that's a good question. I feel like I should be prepared for a question like that, but no one's ever asked you that. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you've been asked that nine times already today. No, no, and I'm not even being sarcastic. No one's even asked me that. So this is just this is top notch journalism on your end. You know, uh, you know, I, I I'm excited to see what this leadership group is going to be like. You know, we talked to Jamie was there as well. We talked to Craig Berube and Doug Armstrong a lot. You know, I think. I think an underlying issue so much of last year, which a lot of people just didn't know about, um, and, you know, yeah, the broadcasters, we got bits and pieces here and there, but we didn't probably realize the severity of it. I think last year one of the biggest issues just certainly was, you know, from the coaching staff, had their messaging, they had their systems, they had their, let's call it their, um, their, their identity of how they wanted to play. You know, every good team has the coaches that come up with this formula. The next step is you give it to the leadership group. And the following step is the leadership group holds everyone accountable to that. You know, last year, uh, everyone was very upfront and honest about the fact that there was some sort of disconnection from when it went from the coaching staff to the leadership group. The disconnection came then from the leadership group in holding everyone on the team accountable. So I think in order to get this thing back on the right tracks this year, uh, I'm going to keep an eye on Braden Shen. You look at the Tory Krugs and the Falks and the Pareikos and certainly the younger core and Robert Thomas and Bucinavich. To kind of see what that what that messaging is from the coach, and and can this group, can this new, I would call the newish uh, group of guys that are going to be that leadership group, can they can they certainly keep everyone accountable? And when things go awry, it's not always the coaching staff trying to get things back on the track; it's the guys within the room. Yeah, good call, Joey. You talk about Tory Krug, and uh, today Tory Krug addressed the media and answered quite honestly. He answered all the questions. You know, there was no dodging anything. There was no no comment. Um, and I'm not so worried about what he said, but in your eyes, the fact that he just stood there, answered all the questions, was very honest with the media. I mean, I thought it showed great leadership. And what I loved about it is that he said that he signed here because he wanted to be here in St. Louis for seven years, and he wants to wear the blue note. I mean, that has to carry some weight in the locker room. I think so, Jamie. I mean, you and me were talking outside the rink this morning about that. And, you know, first of all, I think it was – very professional of him to just be upfront and honest and answer the questions. You know, we've seen this in the past with the blues team. You see it in all sports for that matter. When, when things off the ice, similar to this with the contract situation or, you know, a proposal or a trade, and then the players come back, you know, let's look at Vladimir Tarasenko, for example, you know, I don't know if Vladdy really wanted to handle that head on. You know, I think that at times some questions came up, came about and, you know, Vladdy, you know, his thing was, I just don't want to talk about this. And we it was kind of swept under the rug for the most part, and and I actually think it's it's really admirable, Tori, to get in front of it and say, "Hey, I am aware of what happened. I'm a human. Yes, it hurt. Yes, it stung a little bit, uh, but at the same time, you know, he has to approach it and he has to hit it head on, and he has to respond to it. You know, I think of Tori Krug, and and I think that his comments were were so bang on, 
And this is what we love about Tory is, and this is one of the reasons why he signed that big deal. He he is a competitor. We see it every day. I mean, I think he's always been a smaller guy with a chip on his shoulder. You know, you come out of Michigan, he was never drafted. I think he was basically Carolina and Boston were the only two teams that were interested. You know, he ends up going to Boston. There's that chip, never drafted, you know, not really desired or wanted. Uh, he had to prove a lot of people wrong in Boston, and he did it to the point where he made two Stanley Cup finals, still hasn't won that cup yet. And I think he still has a lot of that in him. You know, he's had a very business-like approach this training camp. I would say this is the most serious I've ever seen Tory off the ice. I, I get along great with him. We have a great relationship. We're always handing up. We're always joking around. But I would say of all the training camps and at least the time I've been around him, this is the most business-like and serious he has been. So I think he's coming in with that business-like approach. And I think at the end of the day, that's the kind of mindset you have to have when you're either Tory Krug or anyone on this team for that matter. You know, Robert Portuzo was another one. I sat by him at the stall the other day, longest tenure blue. I almost, I almost approached him with, man, another training camp. This is kind of starting to get exhausting by you. <laughs> and he actually flipped it over. He flipped it right back on me. He's like, no way, man. I got I to gotta get dialed in here. I got to treat this like it's my first training camp. I want to get another year contract. I want to stick around this league just a little bit longer. I'm not ready to hang it up yet. So, listen, guys, there's a lot of veterans on this team that are coming out with a, with a completely different attitude uh, than they did last season. And it's going to be interesting to see how this all transpires on the ice. Yeah, Joey, that's the one thing that I've noticed, and I know you and I have talked about it uh, a little bit, but this team right now, from a leadership standpoint and I guess the culture, seems really dialed in. And now from a, a hockey player perspective, as far as the roster construction is, this to me, with the players that could potentially be in this lineup, this to me seems like the exact team that Craig Berube has wanted to coach stylistically. Yes, I agree. And you, and you heard Tory Crew. He he touched on it just briefly in in his press conference or or his media scrum today. He talked about how big the forwards are. I mean, if you really if you really dig in and you look around the entire league, and I did this just with the Central Division. I haven't gone beyond that just yet. But let's assume that Hayes is your third line center. Let's assume Sunquist is your fourth line center. And then on the wings, you got Sammy Blay. Right, you got Torovchenko. I mean, you have players like Jake Neighbors. I mean, some absolute big, big bodies down there that can get up and they can scoot and they can move bodies. You know what I mean? So Mackenzie McEachern's another one. I'm talking a big, heavy set of bottom six. You know, this is something they have not had. Like you said, Jamie, probably in the last couple seasons. You know, ever since that Cup run, I would say they've really kind of gotten away from this. You know, you lose Sonny to a trade, and then you lose Alexander Steen. Uh, because he retired. I mean, they never really got back to that. I think they've always used the third and fourth line as an opportunity for young players to get called up and just, wow, well, just put them, on the, put them on the third line, let them figure it out, whether it be an Alexander Robert or anyone like that. But now I think that they're almost reshaping this team to say, hey, the third and fourth line, not, not only do they matter, but they matter a lot because they're a huge part of our success. So I really look at this team as not being a top-heavy team in the first two lines, and they let's just figure out whoever's going to be there on the bottom two. I think they're looking for big bodies that are going to want to forecheck and hit and stay on the forecheck. You know, Jamie, you and I were talking to, to Chief last week. One of the things that really stuck out to me was that last year they were a rush team. You know, And, and I don't know if Craig Berube really – enjoyed people talking about his team saying they're a great rush team. You know what I mean? They were a great rush team, don't get me wrong. But Craig Berube, I don't think he really wants a rush team. I think he's happy with scoring off the rush, 
But I don't know if he wants the identity to be we're a team that can attack and hurt you off the rush. I think you want that, but you also, the other part of the identity and the other part of the, the MO of this team has to be your forechecking team, you chip in, you're going to go bang, and you're just going to beat people up. And I think that that's what is so important about having a big, heavy bottom six uh, like the forwards are, are certainly shaping up to be. Uh, Joe, we know that you uh, you got a lot of work to do for, ahead of tonight's game. So Blues, Blue Jackets, we'll let you go. Pre-game starting at 6 o'clock, uh, so about an hour. So we get the, we got the pre-game. You guys have a great call tonight, and we're, we're inching very close to the regular season. Sounds good, fellas. Hey, I always enjoy these talks with you guys, and we'll, uh, we'll chat with you next week. Same. Thanks, Joe. We appreciate you. That's Joey Vitale here in the Fast Line on 101 ESPN. Good stuff Yeah. It's always good to talk to Joey. Joey's got... Um, He's, he's just got this energy about him. He's got good you know? perspective, too. He does. It. He does. Absolutely. What's trending is next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's going on in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered with what's trending now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a Lion's Choice sandwich coupon. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Gentlemen, according to Derek Gould, Adam Wainwright's last pitch for the St. Louis Cardinals will be one that he threw to finish seven shutout innings in his 200th win. He will remain on the active roster. There are batting gloves in his locker, and at bat is being discussed but not promised. Well, further information on that, and I think Ollie Marmel said that it would depend on if the Reds are still in a playoff hunt or not. I think Ollie doesn't want to disrespect another team mm. by sending up their, <clears throat> sending up Adam Wainwright. No disrespect to Adam Wainwright, but yeah. as a novelty batter sure. with someone's playoff hopes are on the line. Yeah, I, I respect that. At the same time, I don't think one at bat's going to change the outcome of this. No, season, and saying. you know what? You had 162 games to decide your fate. Mm. Plus, have you seen the Cardinals lineup these days? I mean, it's a winning lineup. Anthony. It's not like Adam Wainwright's going to alter things that much. Just my thought. What if he hits a bombzilla? Yeah, well, good. Three run ding dong. And you John. don't deserve to go to the playoffs. You know? Well, it wouldn't be Reds. against. It wouldn't be against them. I don't care. Jamie, that's the thing. I don't uh, care. I do, Anthony. Maybe that's the problem, is I care. <sighs> Just let Wayno bat on Wayno well, weekend. That's what I'm saying, anyways. Hit the ball out of the yard, and then knock your voice out of the yard and serenade these fine folks with Wayno's weekend. Yeah, I, I, I'm the one that said I want the pitcher to basically throw underhand so he can freaking knock it out of the park. Drop your home run ball on somebody's face and then put your sweet melodies in somebody's ears after the game. That's what I'm saying, Jamie. Well said. Guys, I want to read off a stat line from a college quarterback. Okay. I want you to, one, try and guess who that quarterback is. Brady Cook. And tell me. Brady Cook. Now I know how BT feels. <laughs> <laughs> well, one, was it Brady Cook? Yeah, I Damn can't, it! <laughs> I can't believe you said it. 
I sent this to Marshy, and I wasn't going to answer it because obviously I sent this to Marshy. Yeah. The game was supposed to be for you, Anthony, but Marshy, go ahead. Brady Cook! Yeah. <laughs> Nolan Arenado! I did know Nolan Arenado, though, yep. not to say Nolan Arenado. So, Marshy... So this one I actually yes. didn't so know. So our listeners understand as to why you were about to play this game. Can you read off some of the numbers? Yeah, so Brady comparables? Cook has 1,100 total yards, 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions... Let's uh, compare him to Caleb Williams, who everyone thinks is the best quarterback in college football. He has 939 total yards, 13 total touchdowns, zero interceptions. And there's a couple others that are There's a couple there. others. We have Michael Penix Jr. from Washington, who is Just now uh, Anthony's favorite uh, football team. <laughs> By the way, I was playing a little MLB The Show last night with one of my buddies, and he goes... Have you been paying attention to the the Washington Huskies football team? And I go, no, I haven't. But it, that's funny because you, I know you, Anthony, brought them up yeah. yesterday. I'm like, no. And he's like, you need to start paying attention. They're one of the because they're one of the best offenses in college football. I go, geez, okay, like I'll watch them. <laughs> Enough with the Washington Qu- Huskies talk. <laughs> uh, but you also have Jordan Travis on there from Florida State, Quinn Ewers of Texas, JJ McCarthy of Michigan, Sam Hartman of Notre Dame, and Shadur Sanders from Colorado. All of them also in this Heisman Watch graphic that Jamie sent me. Brady Cook is missing from that graphic. What is up with that? So I guess the question ultimately is everybody is hyping up some of these other quarterbacks so much right mm-hmm. now. To Realistically, none of them have really played like tough games yet. Right. Brady Cook is right there in the mix, better than some of these guys, and mm-hmm. right in and around other guys, yet nobody's talking about Brady Yeah, Cook. I think it's because it's, uh, it's about preseason expectations, and we're just not to the point yet where people are going to say, what I thought about Caleb Williams uh, is not true, so let's, let's alter things I'm more here. so the line of... Why are we? Why are they not talking more about Brady Cook with those numbers and the comparables to being the best quarterbacks in all of college football? Yeah. Now we're not at the finish line. We don't know what it looks like at the end of the season, mm-hmm. but as it sits right now, he's right there amongst the group. Well, win win games like the Kansas State game, win more of those, and you're gonna you're gonna be talked about. But look, this is we're talking about Mizzou here. We're we're not talking about USC or Caleb Williams coming off the Heisman. We're not talking about Quinn Ewers, who last year, had he not gotten hurt, he probably would have helped Texas beat Alabama then. Then did go into Tuscaloosa this time and, and beat Alabama. Michael Penix Jr. is putting up video game numbers and not even playing this like all of the second half of games. Uh Caleb Williams, I don't think, played all, all the second half in one of at least one of the games early on. So it's gonna take it's gonna take a lot for the national media to to recognize what Mizzou is doing. You beat LSU in two weeks, you'll have everybody's attention. So it's an to me, Jamie, and I feel like you're that you're this way too. It's an opportunity for Mizzou to put itself on the map, to force people to start paying attention to them. Win against Vanderbilt, which you should, and then Pull off the upset next week against LSU. It's a tall order. Florida State boat raced them in the second half this year. Florida State's Arkansas nearly Florida beat State's them. State's a pretty good team, man. Arkansas. <laughs> LSU had its hands full with Arkansas last Saturday. 
Razorbacks. I don't know, LSU's really good. Don't get me wrong, but I, I don't think I don't view them in the same light as I do Georgia, mm-hmm. who you almost beat last year. Let's go. Yep. I think they run the table. Marsh is all in. I'm all wow. in on the Tigers. Now, all is in. that LSU Tigers or Mizzou Tigers? Guys, tonight not we have sad. the okay. Blues taking sad. on the Black, or the not the Blackhawks, the uh, the Blue Jackets, Blue Jackets yeah. Blues and Blue Jackets. Uh, I'm they'll sure they'll play ta- the they'll, they'll, they'll play they'll, the Blackhawks. Yeah, they'll play them at some point. Two days from oh, the old Black yes. Two days from now, the Black yes. Jackets. Jackets. <laughs> yes, uh, the Grace Lightning. That's a cool name for like uh, a team, the Black Jackets. Sure. Instead of the Yellow Jackets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the yellow jacket's actually a thing. Well, yeah. why can't we make the black jacket? I was thinking like I mean, the, the characters from Greece, you know, the the guys from That's Greece. the Thunderbirds. Yeah, but they all wear black jackets, have their their, their hair slicked back. Sure. You know. <laughs> They're the cool guys. The cool guys. <laughs> sure they are. <laughs> anybody anyway. else anybody else love how like they're the like they're the baddest kids in the school. They're out there singing. <laughs> yeah. Doing their thing. That's well, like High School Musical, the basketball what? player. It is. He's, you know, can't the... be tough and sing. You can. Wow. I just. Wow. I don't know. Tell that to Wayne Newton, black belt I, well, karate. That guy. Tell that to Elvis Presley. I'm just saying. Typically, typically, Jamie, I don't. I don't think you. You see all the the baddest, roughest guys in the in the school, and they walk out there to the to the open air and just decide to jump into a number. <laughs> I, it's interesting about the leaders. Summer, you know. <laughs> Summer love had I'm me at last. Yeah. I would love to see some, like, not behind the scenes thing, but just like uh, maybe someone could make a TikTok of it where these guys are singing. I mentioned High School Musical. You have Zac Efron. You like walk into the gymnasium to like I, just grab something you forgot from gym class. Mm-hmm. And these guys are practicing but they're singing songs <laughs> and like dribbling the basketball. Like just like a, a, just like a close-up <laughs> shot of your face like what the hell are they doing? Are doing I feel here? like I need it in my life yeah. now. Like I want that to happen. <laughs> Anthony, I want to walk in one day to the office and you and Marshy are in a full yeah. duet about uh, something. Yep. About like your lunch. Yep. We're just <laughs> singing our hearts out, like Jamie. You're singing. <laughs> yeah. And then where it goes to a spot, and Marshy picks up with a rap, like right yep. in the middle of it, kind of like Linkin Park. Oh yeah. <laughs> where you're like singing, and it drops into the dropping sure. the rhymes, and then back to you for the serenading. Absolutely. And I stand there, yeah. wonder what the hell is going on. But then at the end, ask you for whatever you're drinking. All you do, but all you do at the end is is you you feel your hands just. Oh, I jump in. I feel like offering a little bit of beat. Sure. Know, on the on mm, the yeah. desk or something. Well, a lot. I mean, those those guys they they got a whole team. Yeah, they of have, dancers. Absolutely. Wow. Anyways, the Blues take on the Blue Jackets tonight, 7 p.m. Puck drop, six o'clock pregame. Of course, we'll have that right here on 101 ESPN. But I'm looking at some of the players in the game lineup tonight. Jamie, who is one player tonight that really needs to prove himself heading into uh, the rest of the preseason? One player specifically? It could be one player. It could be uh, one forward, one defenseman. Let's go one forward, one defenseman. Cool. Uh, Let's go Scott Perunovic because this is a big question mark. Not that he's a good hockey player. He's extremely talented. Watching him today, I mean, he's smooth. He moves the puck well. He makes good puck decisions. 
But the ultimate question is, can he play a regular shift against NHL talent and stay healthy and contribute defensively? So I I think he has something to prove. Nick Ritchie, I think he's got something to prove, too. He's brought in here on a PTO, which means he's on a tryout. No guaranteed contract anywhere, let alone here with the Blues. Yeah. And I feel like his presence has to be felt. Uh, watched him in the first game in Wichita, which was, you know, it was a tough game. It was, you know, the ice wasn't great and whatnot. But I felt like he could have been a little more involved. I felt like there could have been a little more hunger there from a guy that doesn't have a contract of any kind. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I, I'd like to see him tonight, you know, bounce back with a, a solid game and separate himself from other guys. He's on a line with Sunquist and Toropchenko. I mean, that's a great line for him to be playing with. That's a line that you could envision playing on the fourth line for your St. Louis Blues this season at some point. I think he has to. Cre- I think he has to go out there and make people notice that he's out there. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter, it's Fast Line on 101 ESPN. We have our Sports Six back next. So if you have a question for us, send it into the Air Comfort Service Tax Line at 314-399-9646. Again, 314-399-9646. Sports Six back next. Summer loving had me a blast. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. If you got a question for us, send it in now to the Air Comfort Service tax line at 314-399-9646. Whatever it is, teach us something. Teach us something. They used to do Teach Us Tuesday in the fast lane during the pandemic. Yeah, I know. Teach Us Tuesday. We just learned a lot from one of our listeners. Well, good. Mm -hmm. We like to learn. Yeah. We're an educational show. Of course we are. (laughs) We're learning every day. We tell you about the Roman times all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, question one, please. Question number one. All right, we were just talking about the St. Louis Blues as they go up against the Columbus Blue Jackets, not the Black Jackets. Mm. Nope. From the 636, which defenseman is going to improve the most this season or have a bounce-back year? Wow. Uh, well, they got more than one that needs it, so that's uh, that's one thing about that. I think Colton Pareko, I think he has a hell of a year this year. I, I know that he spent the entire offseason here in St. Louis and worked on his game the entire summer. Uh, had a great summer of training. He's very focused, very honest with himself as to what you know went on last year and very honest with himself as to that he has to improve. So my pick for that would be Colton Pareko. Yeah, um... That's probably the best. That's probably the best option, right? Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Colton Pareko as well. Good call, Jamie. It's gonna be different, but you know, what you said was perfect. Oh, thank you, Anthony. Your endorsement means a lot. Hmm. It doesn't, does. Doesn't feel like it. Sure does. Question two, please. Question number two. <laughs> 
Uh, from the 314, if the fast lane were a musical, what actors would play each of you? Hmm. hmm. It's a good question. So I think the uh, the one guy that pops up for Marshy is uh, God. God? Yeah, no, I, I don't no. think God is going to no. play Marsh. Uh, I forget. He's got a brother, too. Hemsworth? Hemsworth? Oh, Liam Hemsworth? Yeah, or, uh, is Chad or Brad? Chris, or Chris. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. I think that guy would be Marshy. That's yeah. a good call in terms of the face. Yeah. yeah. I think that that's accurate. Yeah. Chris, I don't know if he Chris can Hemsworth. sing, though. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're trying to right. sell oh, tickets. Oh, hey, he, sells, he sells tickets. And lip sync to that. Yeah. All right. For myself, um... I'd be modest with this one, but based upon, you know, the salt and pepper hair and all that stuff, I think George Clooney would be accurate. Yeah, George Clooney, I think, is perfect for you, Jamie. It's a bit of a step back for me, but that's okay. I'm yeah. okay with it. And George Clooney works well with Brad Pitt, so I'll just go with Brad Pitt. You there know, you go, I think, uh, I I think mean, that works. If you squint enough, you can see it. You can see it Yeah. for both of us. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we got a solid musical go. coming. Let's go. Now we need his music, writers, talent. Yeah. The old musicale. <laughs> the well, script. <laughs> I think they're on a, a block right now. Or, uh, oh, another yeah. strike. Another strike. strike. Yeah. Or, or did that get lifted? I, I don't know. You don't know. I think we would have heard about that. Maybe. I'm just hearing about the strike now. So. <laughs> you didn't know there was a strike? <laughs> no. Are you kidding Anthony, me? Get out of the house once in a while. <laughs> How? How, Jamie? Good point. Question number three. I got kids. They're all young. They all need stuff constantly. Mm. I'm exhausted. Go ahead, Marsh. From the 314, did Jamie Rivers ever have a hat trick when he was in the NHL? Well, close. Close. Not in the NHL. A couple of hat tricks growing up in junior hockey. But uh, I think I've told you this story before, Anthony. I was playing for the Boston Bruins at the time. Mm-hmm. And. When I got traded there, they had injuries that had plagued the lineup and whatnot. And so when everybody got healthy, Robbie Fatorik, who was the head coach, and uh, he comes up to me with his thick Boston accent. And he goes, I've been looking through your your stats. And he goes, <laughs> you scored 121 points as a defenseman? And I said, uh, yeah. He goes, have you ever played forward? I go, yeah, a little bit in St. Louis. You know, they just gave me some ice time. He goes, let me tell you something. You're going to be a sentiment tonight. I'm going to keep you in the lineup, and I'm going to play you on the power play. Wow. So, For which team was this? The Boston Bruins. Okay. So I go out there. Uh, I think it was like second shift of the game. John Ammons, household name. Uh, he <laughs> goes in on this tough four check against the Buffalo Sabres, passes the puck out front. I put it home. Nice. Number one. Go back to the bench, and Fitorik is like, he's like, see, I told you, you're a forward now. Fast forward to the second period. You got to be jacked. Oh, I'm jacked up. Yeah, yeah the place is going nuts. Like they know I'm not a forward, but Boston fans are loving it. Second period, he puts me out on the power play at the point. Now I'm playing defense, and we're chucking the biscuit around. Sergey Samsonov does a little tight turn, lays it out to me. One timer, top shelf. Wow. Two goals now. One is a forward. One is a defenseman. Nice. I am riding high. About a minute left in the second period. As a forward again, puck pops out to me. I drop down to a knee like to redirect it. Clang! Off the post. Uh. The rebound was sitting there. Then the guy tackled me. I would have had an empty net rebound hat trick goal. But when he tackled me, my stick got underneath me. So they got a penalty, but I didn't get the hat trick. Uh. 
And then we were up by two goals into the game, or up by a goal, one goal into the game. They pulled their goalie. I looked back at Robbie. I'm like, hey, come on. I can do this. I yeah. can do this. He's like, okay, you're gone. You're gone. He's like, play forward, though. I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to play forward. We never got out of our end. Uh, we never got a chance to make the line change. No. I'm watching the clock. I'm like, no. Oh, no. So I was that close to getting so you a never, So you never got back over the boards? I never or? got back on the ice. Because uh, their goalie was pulled. End of the game. Yeah. They kept us kind of hemmed in. And couldn't guys couldn't out. change. So. In Marsh, you and know guys were wanting to change. Guys were like trying to like mm. get off the ice. Sounds like your teammates uh, didn't like you. Well, no, they were is that what you're gonna say? I, I wasn't gonna say that. That's a great. That's a great thought. There's yeah. a lot of things have been said about me. That has never been one of them. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Marsh, it, it. I mean. Oh. What? Yeah. If they would have had a certain camp back in the day, they clear camp. They clear that thing out of the zone. Jamie's got a hat trick. We couldn't get the puck back. You never touch the puck? Not really, no. Oh, well, the so, clear camp can't help you there. But we, um, but the, end up being first star of the game that's that night, awesome. scoring one goal as a forward, one goal as a defenseman. That's incredible. It's closest I've been. Ah, do they like keep you up at forward? Yeah, I played like thirty-five games as centerman. What? Go back, and I'm telling you, want if you want to be entertained, go back and watch games if they're available that year. My line mates, it was me at center. With PJ Stock and Dennis Bonvi on the wings. It was the Hansons. Dennis Bonvi is the all time penalty minute leader in pro hockey ever. And PJ Stock, if you want fun one night just for fun, YouTube PJ Stock fights. He's about 5'10, but throws absolute hammer fists like pistons. We ran around. Wayne Cashman was our forward coach. He was like back in the day with the Bruins, like tough, tough team. He would have, we were the teal line. That was our color in practice. He'd have mandatory teal line meeting before every game. Hmm. And he would tell us how he wanted us to play that night. He'd be like, all right, tonight, got a skilled team over there. Just don't be stupid. We don't need penalties. <laughs> don't be an idiot. Robbie wants to play you guys, but you can't play you guys if you're hurting the team. So tonight, just get the puck in. Be calm. Don't worry about it. Other nights, he'd be like, it doesn't get any greener. First shift, I want <laughs> chaos. Nice. <laughs> you're like, all right. First shift, we dump the puck and be three guys just screaming around the ice, killing people. That's awesome. It was great. We actually we got to be the grand marshals of the St. Patty's Day Parade in Dorchester, Mass. That year, really the teal line. That's phenomenal. It was funny as hell. Question number four. Uh, this one's from March's Burner account. Did you guys hear that Tyreek Hill said he wants to be a porn star after he retires? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, you uh, <laughs> you gotta have go- you gotta have goals in life. Yeah. And he Tyreek Hill's got uh, he's got a goal. So you know, he uh, goes ahead and he uh, has oh, a great NFL career. He's a Super Bowl champion, and then he's gonna 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 be in film. He wants to be an actor. He wants Anthony. to be an actor. Yeah. So that's all there is to it. And he doesn't have any acting. Credentials, well, so sure that's how has, you get. That's how you get there. I'm sure he has experience. Sure. Um, in acting, no, oh. um, no acting experience. Just overall, I think he has life experiences. Ah. Well, how are you going to be an actor if you don't, you know, get in there? Jamie? Well, I don't know if he be. He's too fast. It may not be a great quality for that industry. Yeah, you're right, Marshy. They, uh, the producer, he's the cheetah, the director yeah. might get frustrated. With yeah. Him. Yeah. You know, 
Again, it's good to have goals. But if you're paying them by the hour, it's probably good. Yeah, probably. Good call. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Beat the streak and biggest question of the day is next. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Baseball. All of my successes depend on me. You ready to hit? The hits just keep on coming. And his first big league hit is a bullet up the middle. All right, time to play Beat the Streak, one of our final Beat the Streak games here in the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. And we welcome back Ryan. What's up, Ryan? Hey, how's it going? Doing well. Uh, Marsh? What are our standings here? Yeah, Anthony, you have a streak of five right now, so you will go first. Ryan is at three, Jamie is at one, and I'm back to zero. Fun. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with, as the Cardinals take on the Brewers tonight, why don't we get uh, Christian Yelich off the board here? Christian Yelich is my play tonight. Nice pick. Thank you. Ryan. Uh, I'm going to go Lars Newbar. Ryan gets it. He knows. Jamie, what's your pick? Honestly? For real? Yeah. It's my turn? It's your turn. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going with Rico Palazzo. I'm doubling down. Okay. Marsh? Oh, I'm going uh, to go with Mark Canna. He seemed to do pretty well for you last week, Anthony. He so. did. I'm going to stick with Mark Canna. All right. So I took Christian Yelich. Ryan took Lars Taylor, Tetsui, Newpar. Jamie doubled down with Richie Palacios. And Marsh went with Mark Canna of the Brewers. Ryan, good luck, man. Hopefully we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. Have a good rest of your day. You too. Thanks. That's uh, Beat the Streak here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Now it's time for the biggest question of the day. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. All right, we've had multiple discussions about this today. First, it started off with BT mentioning that Wilson Contreras may not be the full catcher next year. He could be a corner outfielder. He could be a DH. He's just speculating. Perhaps that's the the direction the Cardinals want to go in. Let's just assume that that is true. Okay. What, what the hell are they doing? If they want to play a corner outfield spot, they already have like 10 outfielders. Yeah. I don't. How do they go about this roster construction with Wilson Contreras not being an everyday catcher? I buy what BT is saying about the about the Cardinals not wanting Wilson Contreras to be a full time catcher next year. I buy that. I mean, everything that they did at the start of the year indicated that they they feel as though they look like they're they're a team. They're like, well, we completely screwed up, and we don't want him to catch. Regardless of what our feelings are on that, and Jamie's very passionate about it, but regardless of what our feelings are about it, the Cardinals feel that way. So I buy that they want him to be, you know, a non-full-time catcher next year. I don't buy that they want him to play in the corner outfield spot, in one of the corner outfields. What What are you Could doing? play first base? Maybe, but... And the reason I bring... Just, just have him DH and then catch, it, catch every once in a while. Yeah, but the reason I bring up um, first base is you got one more year of Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, And if you, like the handful of games that Alec Burleson played first base this year. Can he like, go to Contreras? Can he go to Contreras? Sure. Can he play first base? And then when Goldie is maybe no longer part of the organization, who knows? 
least he's got some reps there. Yeah. Like, it's not a bad thought. I don't know. I'm looking for something here. Because mm-hmm. to throw this guy into the bucket of outfielders again. Why? I don't know. I don't get it. Listen, why? That's that's That encompasses the entire signing. Why? At this point. Like, if you're going for a DH, do you think you would have just zeroed in on a, the best DH available? Because the money you gave Contreras is more than what you would have had to pay for the mm-hmm. best DH on the market. Yeah. So the why, Anthony, that's one hell of a big umbrella right mm-hmm. now. And we've talked about this before, how we think that they should go to just a set lineup. They're mixing and matching. It's just this roster. That's not that's not what they're about. Like yeah. that, it's just not the team mm-hmm. for that kind of plug and play style that we see from San Francisco. I mean, if you do this though, you're absolutely going right back to the well of what they did this year, where yep. they're playing who you know infielders in the outfield, and they're they're playing this guy over there because this guy has to play here this day, but this guy needs a day off, and it's just a a cluster, you know what? Uh, well, one of the, the what you just said there, it's one of the biggest fears. Yeah, it sounds like nothing's going to change if this is true. It's one of my biggest fears with the Cardinals that nothing does change, that they just roll with the same idea. We'll get a bunch of guys that just will be fine defensively. We can't possibly be much worse, so we'll just get a bunch of guys that keep the ball on the ground. And then we'll we'll stick Contreras in the outfield where it doesn't really belong, and we'll just mix and match, and everything will be good. It won't be. It wasn't. That that's that's my fear that this season will have been a complete waste. Don't make it. You're about to finish in dead last. Sole ownership of fifth place in the National League Central. Be so embarrassed that you don't want to see that ever happen again, and actually make changes. Because what you what you have been doing has not worked, and I know the 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 constant National League Central, you know, appearances or, or divisions and the wild card appearance. All what has that gotten you? Use this season as a complete opportunity to re to to retool your thinking. Don't just retool the roster. Retool your thinking. You know, when you look at the Central Division, and we always talk about it being the worst division in baseball, it really isn't. I'm looking at right now, like the Brewers are 88 and 68. The Philadelphia Phillies are 87 and 69. Yeah. Um, The Chicago Cubs are 82 and 74. The Miami Marlins, 81 and 75. You know, you look at the Diamondbacks at 82 and 74. They're a wild card team. Well, that's the same as the Cubs and the Brewers are better. Mm -hmm. The Giants aren't as good. So the Brewers and the Cubs have somehow improved. Now, I know that they're 88 and 82 wins. They're not juggernauts. But in comparison to the rest of the National League, the Dodgers and the Braves are the only ones that are better. So you can't go back as the Cardinals and say next year, well, it's a central division. It'll be just fine. Right. Apparently you're not. Yeah, it's improved. It's improved. The, it Pirates, the Pirates are better than you this year. The Reds are better. The Reds are better than you. The Reds are better overall. They're trending in the right direction. Yeah, and they have good, young, exciting players. So I don't think you can double back by saying, we'll just guy, get guys, get through because we're no. in the worst division. We're in the central. Not a big deal. No, the central's gotten better. Right. 
Good call. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. We have what you miss, criticisms, compliments next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. <laughs> we all heard this. It's so funny, man. We all heard the song, and we all went like this. We're all like starting to scramble, like we're getting ready for the show. show. Let's get nasty to end this show. Wow, Marsh, uh, Marsh put in the the opening theme here, but it still it still hits the same, you know. It does. It does. Doesn't matter when you get it. It still yeah, hits it still same. hits the same. Yep. Absolutely. Well said. All right, if you missed anything from today's show, <laughs> you can always uh, download the podcast at 101ESPN.com or on your uh, 101 ESPN mobile app. All brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Uh, Marsha, do we have any criticisms or compliments today yeah, as we, we lead into Blues we Blue Jackets pregame here on 101 ESPN? Again, top of the hour, Blues Blue Jackets pregame. By the way, uh, not a member of the show, but a member of the Fastlane team when it comes to the... Uh, the Pick'em Challenge, yeah. Kerry Davis, yeah. uh, getting a ton of uh, compliments um, as of late. So, uh, awesome. congratulations to anything him. In, anything particular? I think it was about his uh, one of the commercials that he did. Yeah, I think they really about liked the deck. It. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, what it was. Yeah. yeah, I hadn't heard that one yet. No, it was good. It's real good. Hopefully, he gets that fixed up. Yeah, he didn't realize how bad it looked. That's right. Sometimes it looks way worse. Then you think. Hey, have somebody look at it and yeah. get it fixed up for you. Let the experts handle it. No doubt. Way All to right. go, Carrie. Let's get to it. We uh, got a text from the 314. Can we get an entire show with Jamie doing his Boston accent? Sounds like <laughs> Horseshack from Welcome Back, Cotter. Oh, no, it doesn't. Mr. Cotter. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> I have a question. You ever see that show? Welcome I've, back, heard, I've heard of it, but that That's was before great. my time. Yeah. I could see how it kind of sounded like him. You sound like, um, who's the, who, Marsh, who's the really like nerdy guy on Family Guy? Is it Family Guy? That, oh, it's, uh, the, oh, what is his name? You know what I'm talking about? Yes. I'm looking at him right now. I can visualize. He's got the glasses, yeah. the hair on the side. Yeah. Like Mort or something. That's who. That's who Jamie sounds like to me. All right, the guy from Family well, Guy. If you have a chance, you can YouTube "Welcome Back Cotter" or just Horshack. Mm-hmm. I think I was pretty good on that one. All right, so "Welcome Back Cotter" or would you say Horshack? That well, that's yeah. Okay. The uh, the Goldmans. The they have a family. Oh, yeah, it's the, the Goldmans. The Goldmans. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He does kind of sound like that. <laughs> well done, Jamie. Yeah. Thank you. All right, guys. Uh, by the way, from the 618, the writer's strike has been settled. The actor's strike, not yet. So that will put a halt on uh, us actually doing the musical that we said. But someone could actually start writing it. So Okay. Well, we'll get, we'll get yeah, on that. We'll get you know, confirmation yeah. later. We're yeah, not going to hit the ground running. I mean, this, this thing's going to be spectacular. No I doubt. See, uh, us performing at the Stiefel Opera House. <laughs> Certainly. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, people are going to want to see it. Fastlane the musical. Yeah, yeah, they are mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. I bet if nothing else, they're curious. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. 
Uh, we got a text after the gauntlet from 314. I can't believe some of your listeners. We almost lost the gauntlet a while back, and here we go again. People complaining about something slash anything. Just take it for what it is. Trivia. Live and learn. Have a great show, fellas. Hope I'm not a texture you hate to hear from. No, we love to hear from no. all of our textures. Absolutely. Well, most of them. Most of them. Yeah. Every it's now and then there's a couple that wear us out. Yeah, a little bit. But, but uh, that's okay. You know, they're passionate and they're listening to the show. Or they're not listening at all and they're just waiting for us to say something and then they text in uh-huh. because they have a point that wants they want to be heard and Yeah, we all want to be heard, Jamie. So that's what we're all about. Yep. Here in the fast lane. From the four one seven, thank you, Jamie. You're on fire tonight. I'm loving your takes. NL Central is underrated this year. Well, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate you listening. And uh, yeah, I actually was just thinking about it right before that moment. I was like, you know what? I know the Brewers and the Cubs are better than people are giving them credit for right now. Yeah. And so, you know, kind of uh, firing it out there so that uh, John Mosellock could hear it because we know he listens. He's an avid listener. Mm-hmm. I mean, he always enters to win all these competitions. We see you, John. Oh, yeah. It's okay. I don't blame you. Some of the stuff we give away is fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah, we got a lot of good tickets to give away and things like that. Uh, this is a great one from the 636. Great show today, guys. You are all the best, or you all are the best. Let's start writing that musical, so you better go get some rest. We are all sports wow. fans. We love the Cardinals and Blues. With 101 ESPN, we all can never lose. Yes. Oh, wow. Right there. Yes. Okay, yes. Nice. Well done. Yes. Of Rhyming. course, we, we can't perform that, though, because we're on strike. But Not for long, no, Marshy. Yes. Nothing says we can't rehearse. But it sounds like we got a writer. We so. do. We do. I mean, that's that yeah, was Marshy, fantastic. Marshy, I think you should write the music. Like That would be the writer. Well, for, I think no, but that, that is the, the music. Yeah, but I think that's the writer for the actual, like, the, the, the content of, yeah. the, of the musical. Because not everything is music in a musical. Because you have true. the acting, and then that's true. they bust out into yep. a song. Yeah, Marshy, for no if reason. nothing else, I'd like to collaborate okay. with that texture. Yeah, I think we could whip something up, you know? Yeah, I've seen your talents. Well, thank you. We'll have our own ghostwriter. Yeah. And not the ghost that we talked about earlier in the show. start the show. Your yep. fister ghost. Yep. The fister ghost, mm-hmm. yes. I, w- I hope BT's the okay. most dangerous kind. Oh, no doubt, yeah. Do you guys ever wonder, too, while watching musicals, why they just go ahead and bust in a... Song just in the middle of conversation. They're feeling it, man. Yeah. You know, like, don't you ever just bust out into like you're cleaning the garage and you just bust out talking about shovels and th- stuff? That's <laughs> the thing. That's the thing, Jamie. Yeah, no. Do you not use the shovel no, as I a don't. microphone? I don't even see like us. <laughs> Go back and forth. <laughs> I can see Anthony be like, shovel. <laughs> Gonna put you away. You are my best friend. I got a spot on the wall for you. I really <laughs> dig you. <laughs> nope. All right, oh, you serial like killer. That. that was good. <laughs> wow. That's always in play. Yeah. You helped me take out that bush the other day. I think this musical is gonna be on fire. What? Yeah, you heard me. <laughs> shovel, you know. No, you, I like where your head's sometimes at. Sometimes you gotta get that out, Jamie. Yep. Uh, we get a text get from, <laughs> from the 314. Destroy it. Uh, of course I listen to you guys, just like I'm always listening to my wife. I don't know. What? Ooh. I don't. Does so, that mean? Yeah, no, he doesn't. I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was a ricochet. There are times when you just keep the feet moving. Now is that time. Yeah, that was a ricochet for uh, for his wife. Yeah. That was a full-on shot at us. You cannot use us as the vehicle for yeah. that. I will not allow it. Nope. 
So that was a crap sandwich. That wasn't. That was. That was that just like spam. That, that was, was somebody right on the open face crap sandwich. That was somebody trying to drag us into their problems. Yep, totally. We appreciate you listening, but uh, we don't want any of your. Pro- we got our own. Thank trust you. me. Thank you. We got our own problems here in the fast lane on one hundred and one ESPN. This is true. All right, so the Blues and Blue Jackets tonight. Pre-game starting about five minutes or so. You'll hear, of course, from Alex Ferrario and Chris Kerber and Joey Vitale during the pregame, and you'll hear from all three guys as well during the broadcast. Uh, looking forward to that. Tomorrow we'll be back from 2 to 6. We'll do more Blues, and Jamie will have some observations uh, on the game tonight. Blues, maybe a little Cardinals, depending on what happens tonight. And by the way, Miles Michaelis, is going to take the bump tonight, not Zach Thompson. Zach Thompson was scheduled to start tonight, but he got pushed back to tomorrow. Dakota Hudson will be on Thursday. So again, it'll be Miles Michaelis tonight in Milwaukee opposing Adrian Hauser. Brewers with an opportunity with a win to clinch Channel Central. With a loss, the Cardinals will uh, sew up last place. So both teams fighting for something tonight there, Jamie. Both teams uh, fighting for something. For Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Seltz again. Blues, Blue Jackets pregame starting right now. See ya! You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.